Hello, friends. Welcome to our show at Control Alt Right. Today, we have special guests from the National Institute of Gamer Review. Would you like to introduce yourselves, friends? Uh, sure, I'm Lewis. I am the co-host, and this is my host. Also here is DK of Third Rail Fame. Yes. Hello, friends. And yeah, I was waiting. I was thought uh, you would have a sticker, uh, 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 Stinger, Lewis, but uh, I guess I guess not. It's all right. No worries. It's hard that no topic. It's hard to do. It's hard to do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to do it on the spot on the fly. Yeah. Well, without a yeah, knowing ahead of time what we're what we're gonna discuss. Part of it was is like uh, sorry about that. Uh, part of what I wanted to do was like go into the whole video game history thing and how it's like gotten to where it is today, and like how you got sure. to where we were. Because I remember you see, I had gone into your show, I listened to it, to some of it today, as like a prep for the pre-show, and uh, mm. you guys talk about like a bunch of topics I actually wanted to talk about already, <laughs> funny enough, but like the whole Gamergate thing and how it leads to today, and I th how it can ruin the video game industry and stuff in a sense, mm. but yeah. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, Gamergate... Uh... Yeah, it's it. I I will confess to being a bit mystified by. I see some of the takes flying around post. Maybe Lewis, you you agree with those takes, or maybe you can at least explain them to me. Um, where people are like, "Oh, Gamergate was it just a total failure?" I I have to look at it pretty much the exact opposite. Gamergate was a resounding success. Gamergate was a complete success, and um, I mean, if it is the case that um. Uh, you know that that now in the current year we have to deal with a situation where we there's just no um, like uh, the, you know games journalism is 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 completely inseparable you know it, it, from from leftist politics left wing politics whatever and you know anti white whatever uh, it's now overt in a way where they were you know there was a plausible deniability in the past there's zero plausible deniability. Now, and I've noticed uh, something else I've noticed. Oh, sorry, go on, I please. Just, I was just agreeing with you, absolutely. You're right. And 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 furthermore, I've noticed things like, um, so I get my main my main source of like kind of up to the minute, you know, to the extent, I, I don't like, you know, check gaming news every day, but when I do check gaming news, it's usually on PC Gamer because I play most of my video games on PC. Um, and um, I've noticed a pattern on PC Gamer in particular, I'm sure this is elsewhere too, um, where... Whenever it's something like for you know, there's some tranny, uh, you know, does the forty-one percent thing, or or uh, uh, there's some you know some like World of Warcraft character or whatever comes out as gay or but any any of that kind of stupid shit. Right. Um. Then they close the comments like normally they have just an open discuss platform and they have like kind of fairly you know there's, I'd say there's a medium level of moderation. It's also it doesn't tend to um. It doesn't tend to attract overly political comments for the most part, and then when they do, is a lot of kind of normie conservative tier right. stuff, okay. and and those actually typically let fly. But whenever it's anything about trannies, whenever it's anything about faggots, whenever it's anything about any of those kinds of issues in gaming, or like you know, uh, any, like you know, uh, anything related to those kinds of issues, especially, they just shut down the comments entirely. Because the right wing um, gamers, like the right wing, inherently exactly. comes out in the people because they exactly well, especially with shit. that stuff. Yeah. So, so I again, I just have a, I, I, I cannot help but see that as a big win, and and like I don't, so I, I guess if you're like. 
if you see Gamergate as this thing that, you know, oh, well, we tried to, you know, change the culture of this industry and failed or it was the last gasp of whatever. I mean, honestly, also, I will say, um, as, you know, as a kid of the 90s and and the early 2000s and, and this kind of thing, like, I... There's aspects of the kind of there's aspects of you know the the hypersexualized uh, females and the hypermasculine you know males in in the portrays and the art and stuff for video games that you know some of it I like a lot of it I actually found kind of cringe and even at the time as a kind of edgy teenager or whatever and and it was never real I guess I was never really really the audience for it in a certain way and I don't exactly miss it um, my thing is more uh, you know finding a better um, alternative and and obviously what we have now in terms of just every every third game you know like now there's like gay operators in in um, Valorant or whatever it is you know mm-hmm. the, uh, the the these free to play free first person shooter type things and that's all just and, and, and Rainbow Siege I think has a yeah. faggot is and was one of the operators Apex in, Legends in, like, like Apex like, Legends yeah, was like quick. full of faggots like it's homosexual after homosexual after like right. brown person. So, so that's really stupid, and 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 you know, I, I'm not I'm not saying that that that's okay. I'm just saying like you know, um, some of the some of the uh, some of the artwork, some of the character design stuff from the early 2000s and late 90s is is you know, I, I I I never really liked it. It doesn't bother me that it's gone. It's more a question of now where do we where do we go forward? How do we move forward? And I'd much prefer, you know, I think one of our best episodes, or at least one of the ones that I, I think people really um, appreciated and I really enjoyed both playing and talking about the game was Frostpunk, which, um, you know, Lewis and I, I think, kind of settled on a take. Or Actually, it was Lewis's suggestion precisely because he had this take that I completely agree with, that it's an extremely right-wing game. Um, you know, intentionally or unintentionally kind of just doesn't even matter. Uh, it's the, the themes, the messages, how it comes across and and just sort of how it makes you think and how it makes you encounter uh the game world and and, and how you know the, the reaction that it provokes in you as a player it's all extremely right wing um and and you know there's hardly any character art in this game at all right? right it's not like you don't have to do the um big boobs and and short like that that was always i think a distraction when i hear you know when i heard Anita Sarkeesian or any of these types talking about and those things it's like you're you're focusing it's just the stupidest possible angle that you could that you could take on it. And again, look where I mean, who? When was the last time? I just said the name Anita Sarkeesian. When was the last time anybody, in praise or you know, in castigation, said the name Anita Sarkeesian? Right. Pro- right. Probably been it's months been, or years. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Probably four, three or four years now. I think after yeah. Trump hit the market, Anita yeah. Sarkeesian so basically it's just, dropped these, off. All that stuff is irrelevant. These people are irrelevant, and and they, you know, there was they 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 did the thing that they that they often do. Well, they did the same thing that they did in the media at large. They did to the gaming media, but it, with the same kind of result, which is at the complete. They they sacrificed one hundred percent of their credibility, mm-hmm. and and people are now hungry for alternatives, which is why you have this streaming platform, which is why you have this this um, you know, this program, and 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 we're successful, you know. Uh, nigger the national institute for game review you know we we're a very we're a very popular program we're growing in popularity we're already you know i i i think i could probably do a slightly better job of of marketing or like you know putting it out there in various places but even without that our organic growth is is really great i think precisely because you know we we're speaking 
to people in a way that 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 they are receptive to, and we have a message, and 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 we're offering a genuine alternative and, and a meaningful alternative, and an intelligent, you know, smart, articulate, well well thought out, well researched, well reasoned alternative to just the absolute pig slop that passed for games journalism yeah. in the current year. I, when you get older, like you. You appreciate video games a hell of a lot more, and I used to be like I got my start with this politics from Gamergate, and it's inevitable that a lot of people are forced to become interested in politics because you're playing video games one moment, and the next you're like, "What the fuck is Marxism?" And you, you're kind of <laughs> you're just kind of forced to be like, "What what the hell is going on with this industry? What's wrong with having white characters? It's Western storytelling." Right. So, you know, we. You get older and you appreciate them a lot more, and you don't see the kind of in-depth uh, exploration of what makes certain games great that you that you find uh, you don't get that with the mainstream media because what they are mostly concerned about is how are games representing what the video game culture has become, and it's basically just become neoliberalism. And I guess the problem for them is they've changed the culture. But they haven't changed the core audience, which is still uh, men. Right. It's still guys. It's still who, centered around the men. Yeah. yeah. Who respond very terribly to being told what they can and can't say. And they, that's the sort of issue for them. Because ultimately, you know, this whole voting with your wallet thing. And it's like, well, we can't always vote with our wallets. Because people also have beliefs. And there are also certain aspects of storytelling that people desire that a lot of games just don't have. Like, how many major games have come out over the past five years that have been huge successes but have been just, like, ultimately disappointing? Because there's just something missing with them. And then you find some sort of hidden gem somewhere uh, by the wayside. So, like, I've watched them for years change an industry that I was very plugged into. Like, you talk about uh, you where you get your news now. Before I was Red Pill, I was just like plugged into IGN and GameSpot, and I recognize a lot of faces from these places, and I've also seen how they've changed as well. And seeing their politics, uh, seeing them take the side of Vanita, pushed me away from it completely. I didn't want anything to do. I used to buy the fucking the magazines and everything for a PlayStation, the UK PlayStation magazines, and I'd read them a lot. Because I just loved, I found the interesting, fascinating, and I just loved games. But I will say it wasn't it wasn't uh, PC Accelerator for those of you who, if you know, you know, uh, had I, despite what I said earlier about the, I mean, but it was very tasteful girls. Those girls were the best, and it was it was just the perfect marriage of like beautiful women and and computer games. Uh, that was yeah. the best magazine, video games magazine that has ever existed or will ever exist. I, but yes, I, know it, I only had yeah. Game Informer. <laughs> No, P- PC Accelerator. They, they, it was like they would have full-on photo shoots with like the models, like the like the supermodels who would do the you know they would do the yeah. motion capture for the, the games or whatever, and and they would have the spreads alongside like actual legitimate, you know what what would you know I mean real reporting and 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 reviews written obviously by people who just enjoyed the medium themselves. You just don't see that anymore. Uh, leaving aside the cheesecake aspect of it. But yeah, if you can, yeah, anyone, and I think there's there's probably a couple of people in the audience who remember PC. I know at least one guy on post was when I when I uh, when I mentioned it, he was like, "Oh, that, it was it was a great moment." Yes, hmm. those were the good old days back when we didn't really have to worry about these kinds of things. But now they try to like shame you into all this other shit, and like you said, like the men in the game, like the gamer, like the I say gamer community, but like people who play video games, they generally don't react 
well at all to trying to be shamed over a hobby in a, for yeah. instance because there's no reason for it they just call you a nigger yeah well I, well I think there's a lot I mean that's what I was talking about with that kind of edgy I mean there's a if you want to I think really understand gamergate or, or just the, this this political development that you're talking about uh, I I again I was almost more of an outsider to some of this but I think you have to look at it in terms of you know there was a um, the early internet, especially of the internet of the 80s and the early 90s, you know, the Usenet era internet was kind of libertarian by default. Uh, we've talked about this, I think, Lewis, before on, on the show a couple of times, um, how the, the, the it, was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't politically libertarian. It was kind of almost anti-political, but it was, it was very, it was just like kind of you can do whatever you, you can do whatever you 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 can say whatever you want to say, do whatever you want to do. You're expected to defend it, and and it, it didn't it didn't if anything it maybe even leaned in, in in American political terms, ever so slightly left of center, precisely because you had so many kind of high Q I, high IQ types, and and it was you know the leftism has been the prestige uh, belief system for for decades at least in the United States. Nevertheless, there was this very strong libertarian streak. And I think that's where you got libertarian, not again, not like, you know, we dude, weed LMAO, but like just, just this kind of free for all ethos. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be bothered. Don't fuck with me and I won't fuck with you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so then when, when that started getting, when these people started getting pushed on, uh, and especially a lot of them were younger and, and you had, you know, um, just teenagers at the time who just, again, is this kind of rebellious, teenager thing uh combined with this this ethos of this kind of libertarian de facto libertarian ethos of the early internet and and you know gamers were always you know the the these things grew up together the 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 consumer internet the world wide web internet and and the video game industry as we know it today really grew hand in hand uh yeah it's only natural that that the the kind of uh shaming tactics that were going to be deployed and this idea that oh you can't say that you can't say that you can't do that you know, like instantly the reaction is like you know fuck you and I can, you can't tell me what to do and I won't and, do what um, you tell me to man yeah yeah pretty much i mean literally and that kind of even with that kind of cringy as cringe it could often be quite cringy um but that but but that just the fact that they wouldn't submit that they right. that they never wanted to submit was was enough to i think get that that created the the tone for the conflict that, that eventually erupted as as uh, into Gamergate. It's uh, the, the video game industry also demonstrates a very typical uh, leftist temperament that when they're when they're met with resistance, they just like have a mental breakdown, and so the reaction to uh, gamers just like uh, taking the absolute piss out of you for daring to ruin their industry, uh, they've basically tried to just like wall themselves off from the core audience of video games right with, yeah. with like hate speech um censoring shit but like you said the the internet grew up with the with video games and it's like for the same reason that the internet was developed because uh wasn't it just like uh researchers wanting to communicate with each other so they created email and that basically created the, the blueprint for the internet well also like uh, streaming and uh like apps like discord exist because of video games and, and the, it's like they, and, they're trying to operate within an industry uh, where they can't get away from us because the whole thing is born from video games in right. the first place. And then, yeah, and the people who uh, try to run these things, they try to, like, they, they're they extremely leftist by nature or by necessity of where they grew up and where they start. And they try to push that onto everybody else, and it just doesn't work. 
you know and so because the, uh, a lot of the game like a lot of the people are, like a lot of gamers are white men and they bet they, like this is like the one place where they'll actually band together and like hold their ground against like yeah. the bullshit <laughs> in but, a funny way it's the only place yeah in a fucked up way yeah well i mean it's of course people would be protective of it because it's it's western storytelling like and i was saying it's video games are part of our culture and it's like well look technology has completely transformed how we tell stories and that is why video games have become so ridiculously popular uh and so yeah people will become as protective of it as you would uh just like genuine uh, western literature as a whole if uh, publishers wanted to completely transform the the standards of what is considered western literature they would think that as as trying to change your culture and it's, yeah the, the, the here's the meme like uh video games are the last stand of explicit whiteness <laughs> in a sense i'd rather that than homosexuality <laughs> yeah yeah uh um this actually brings me to a point, though, like the whole teamwork aspect, uh, or just banding together. Uh, this is why, this is where I like the multiplayer online aspect of things. It can seem a bit disconnected at times, but I, I generally see it as a good way to build up a sense of teamwork and community. Um. And so it's like, uh, it's like, it's hard to to explain. It's like rebuilding a. a digital manor bones in a sense and then you can turn that into something more i um i actually have gone out of my way to try and help the newer generation of players who don't know anything to just let loose and now like i i, I hear like in the old call of duty lobbies and stuff like what i hear today now because i'm like go ahead little like uh young 15 year old we say the nigger word here you're free <laughs> be free <laughs> well yeah it's it's sort of inevitable because what we have both when it comes to not just video games but our entire political sphere is a it's like a simulated society mm -hmm. and that's the, the sad part of it like it's literally like a simulated uh world that we wish we could live in but the only way to find each other and have some sort of level of like sanity is uh is online so it is sort of inevitable that's that's kind of where we have to start right because in in real life a society like ours has been completely destroyed you will be attacked if you try to even talk like in a way we do like on a physical level you will be swarmed by hordes of yeah. savage people yeah and I've, I've said it to you before I, I get the feeling that if we were in genuine political power right now we'd be hated because still the vast majority of people uh don't understand where we come from yeah they just don't so we would be we would be hated and we would look like assholes and bullies and so on but it, it, it's it'll, it's gonna have to change and for now all we have unfortunately is a, a digital world but now you gotta make do with what you have yeah the unfortunate side effect of like the online multiplayer thing is you lose out on the storytelling aspect as much which yeah. is which is unfortunate an unfortunate loss to it but I guess it's trade-offs in a sense. Uh, you well, know. I I wanted I have some thoughts, but I wanted to hear Lewis. You've been a little quiet, but also I think you have the, the probably the most uh, cutting criticism of of the the multiplayer side of things. Are you there? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm still here. Uh, I I think multiplayer is uh, essentially 
it's of all the surrogate activities, it is the it's the deepest hole. It is essentially you're essentially getting good at. It's not a play. I'm not saying they're playable player games, but polishing your skills, polish your skills further. Uh, essentially, a time suck without end. There's no end point to multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and like to even it's even like it's a sunk cost. Like, yeah, I, I I I've been there. Like, oh, I've gotten so good at this game. Only way to get rewarded by that is to continue to play game, or you have to walk away from all this invested time. Mm-hmm. There's no roll up, right? Yeah, there's. I can, yeah, I can see that. Like, I I see that as like a thing. Like, you constantly, in order to keep up and actually get what you want out of it, you have to fight harder and harder. And and for what? Like, there's a personality thing to it as well. Like, the kind of people, the major streamers that you see. Uh, are extremely competitive people. There's a certain personality that's drawn to it. And obviously, more liberal-minded people have been having such a hard time with competitive circles in gaming because they take the least bullshit and they're so aggressively competitive. So, like, no wonder they're mostly... Leftists are mostly interested in storytelling games because they just want to point and click and have gay characters. And then you hop into something like Warzone, <laughs> I, and there's people screaming at you. I oh. yeah yeah sorry go on. I was gonna say I think that's why I like am am one of the people who are like actually do enjoy like the competition of it because I yeah. can shit talk someone and I can fight with somebody and I I love fighting you know. It's a completely different nature to you you yourself just enjoying a single player experience. What were you gonna say, DK? I mean, I don't know where to start. I mean, I, I, um, well, I guess the first thing to say is, is yeah, I definitely, I don't know, necessarily know that it's about storytelling per se that leftists want because they don't, you know, they're not. They're first of all, it's only certain kinds of stories that they're interested in, and they're also allergic to challenge. I mean, um, uh, yes. you know, fam- famously, I mean, this is by no means the 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 only or even the most salient example of this but but dark souls is is where you know the get good meme yes. originated which which was like just basically kryptonite to the journalist yeah, they just, right? they just did this like last week again <laughs> yes. with, new metroid. with what I, I, new metroid with, oh yeah topic. right 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 with metroid dread yes exactly exactly <laughs> do you remember yes. fucking cuphead as well they didn't like yeah. it. i was about to say cuphead i was about to say Cup, cuphead was the other example i had in my mind I mean, there are a million obviously this is a very well-worn dynamic and we're all kind yeah. of very well aware of this but the point is that i'm making here is like like Dark Souls, it may not be the most complex or or interesting story. I think it's fairly interesting. I mean, it has, but it is definitely there is a story that it is telling, and there's a kind of narrative arc of a sort, or at least you're kind of piecing together the the you know the story of this love, shattered world. Yeah, I, I love Dark, Dark Souls, Souls too. Yeah. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I I absolutely love Dark Souls. I'm I'm, I'm not knocking it. I'm quite I'm I'm praising it. But my mm-hmm. point here is like. It's not like what a leftist, what the left wing, you know, what they want fundamentally is a walking simulator. Like yes. that's the kind of art. Yeah. Either a walking simulator, like there's two kinds of genres, there's two genres that the leftoids like want all video games to be essentially is the walking simulator and the visual novel. And, so and, and that's pretty much it. And Life is Strange. Yes. Basically, exactly. Yes, yeah. precisely. And, and, uh, I mean, the thing, the thing is like they, they, it's not even like you you see maybe this needs to be spelled out or I'll, I'll make the connection explicit to me it's just kind of always been clear but the, the bioleninism here you you'll see this often when they talk about the quote unquote accessibility like so much of the criticism of cuphead in particular was like 
oh, the game has all this beautiful art. It's 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 really and they they were offended and they they basically said it's like essentially crypto fascist, <laughs> and and they're not wrong is what I'm saying. I'm saying what? they're not wrong to call it crypto fascist because basically it's like you have to be good at the game in order to see all the content. It's like I should just be able to see all this beautiful artwork in like an easy mode where or where I'm invincible all the time. And but they're not wrong because like the idea of like you have to be good, you have to rise and meet the challenge. Like it's true. People with you know motor sensory disabilities, people who are colorblind, people who are blah 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 blah, they're never going to be able. Certainly not in the numbers, but but really you know at, at definitely not at the at the same rate as as normal people or people with good reflexes to complete these challenges. It's just not going to be possible. And so, yes, there is, a, there's like, essentially, as a designer, you have a, a, a choice. I mean, it didn't used to be seen as a choice at all. Sorry, I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, this is why I go to it live. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there was a really, there's a very interesting, from this last bit of, uh, you know, recent, when the Metroid thing happened, there was some, someone was, you know, just crying about, oh, it's, it's not accessible to the disabled or the differently abled. It's too hard. If you're crippled, you're blind. You can't play Metroid. Well, and you, one of and this guy responded, and he, I think he legitimately meant well. He was like, "Disabled people can get good too. They they really can." <laughs> Sorry I, about that. I'm back. that. What were you, what were you fucking, saying, Lewis? In the most recent thing, there was somebody meaning well. There was one of his posts like, "Oh, the differently abled can't do Metroid, whatever." And somebody, <laughs> I think, meaning well. Like not one of our guys, but his response was, "Well, the disabled can get good too." Yeah, <laughs> and right. it set off exactly. But that's exact. Of course, it did, and that's what I'm saying is like ultimately is like the the, the fundamentally, I I'm fundamentally what is like if you want to talk about what is leftism. I mean, at a certain point, maybe these questions don't matter. I think they matter to some extent. To the extent that they matter, we can analyze. Okay, well, what does this really reduce to? To me, my position is what it reduces to is is an absolute refusal to acknowledge any kind of human hierarchy, any kind of any kind of hierarchy at all. A hierarchy means sacred rules, right? Or sacred order. Yeah. Like you know what what is the essence of, you know, what what did, what did what did Satan do? Satan said, "I will not serve God." God is infinitely superior to all beings to Satan, but Satan says, "No, God and I are equal." That is the essence of liberalism, that is the essence of leftism is a complete at least theoretical. Obviously we all know we you know we have a ruling class. It's not to, you know the Jews do not consider us their equals in any sense, but in terms of rhetoric, in terms of the presentation, in terms of how this is, you know, the, the kind of ideological underpinnings of it and, and how most people understand it, the idea that you're going to have any kind of meaningful hierarchical difference between human beings and that you're going to value human beings with better, who are better, faster, stronger, smarter, better reflexes, and so on, than people who are, you know, slower, stupider, etc. Like, that's unacceptable to the leftists. These things have to be equal. Everybody has to be treated equal, and everything must be equally accessible to all human beings, irrespective of any of their natural talents or, or any of their developed talents. You know, to whatever extent they have natural abilities, to whatever extent these abilities have been improved, this is, this is irrelevant from the perspective of, of the leftists. So they're not wrong. This is my thing, is they're not wrong to see, like, the, you know, Cuphead and Dark Souls and Metroid Dread and all these things. Like, there is a political salience to difficulty. They're absolutely not wrong about yes. that. And it's an irreconcilable difference because as long as you, like, as long as, as a designer... The aspect of challenge, the element of challenge, is in any way present. Like, like the fundamentally, the left wing has a problem with the idea of standards, mm -hmm. the idea that there's a bar to clear any kind of bar, any anything, uh, and at any point, you know, above the floor, 
uh, is is going to be a problem because that's going to be quote unquote exclusive, right? You're going to quote unquote exclude people as soon as you have any kind of standard that you're going to have that they have to clear that they have to get over. And so, from a design perspective, as soon as you are anything but a visual novel or or a walking simulator, as soon as there's any aspect of challenge, any bar to clear difficulty wise. You're excluding people, right? And, and it's and it's you're right. There's crypto fascists. Sorry, I, go on. Say, I didn't mean. I was going to actually agree with like the saying like in the fascist ideology that goes against that. We embrace the idea of challenge. That's why a lot of our guys like games like Dark Souls and like uh, oh, absolutely, these exceptionally yeah. difficult, like notoriously difficult games is because it's like we embrace challenge. It's part of our personality. It's what we strive for to be better at something. And it's, it, that that also. Uh... It also is at the heart of their concern with the kinds of people who actually make games in the first place. Um, because, obviously, the Japanese and European and American studios mostly making up uh, uh, you know, white people who are talented programmers and artists are, are going to create games that they're always going to have an issue with. Because very naturally they create games that are uh, somewhat competitive, but they obviously do want to change the the demographic makeup of who develops games and you have all these indie studios where all these shit games coming out that are really based on being uh, representative of uh, all these identity groups. Hmm. Uh, what you call it? Someone in the chat was mentioning, Pepto, he was mentioning that... Um... The Cuphead uh, tutorial thing, I think it was like the Jewish journalist was like, could barely get through and some guy posted his five-year-old basically burning through it almost, in almost twice as <laughs> yeah, fast. Yeah, I, I remember that interaction on Twitter. There was another one recently, I, for, I forget the game or, 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 um, or I saw it recently, I don't know if, how recently it happened, but it was basically like the journalist was complaining about how simplistic the music was and it turns out, of some other game, and it turns out like the music... It's like is is responsive to how well you're doing as a player. Oh. <laughs> so, so like, and, and in fact, if you do well at all, the you know additional layers to the soundtrack start kicking in and stuff. And so it was very clear from their description and their criticism and their review that they basically never progressed past the absolute ba- like they just completely failed at all <laughs> at all levels of the game. Um, so they only got the depressing dragging. slow music. <laughs> yeah, they only got like the slow, simple music that didn't like do anything because they were just shit at the game and never improved right um take a and, look at and, something like you know, doom eternal cases. as well like doom eternal what, sorry? Has, uh, like doom eternal is a perfect example of an absolutely brilliantly developed game that has a very high difficulty bar like you really need some skill to get very good at that game and uh, that i don't think a lot of leftists would probably say that, that was their favorite of the last year because Doom is one of the, the greatest FPSs ever made, and it generally innovated on a genre that is just full of shooters. But it, it, it has a top tier of players who are brilliant at it. And Doom has built into it that kind of hierarchy that they, they do not want in any of the games at all. Well, well Doom is an interesting case, too, because uh, the, the original Doom um, had different difficulty levels, and was almost more like you know it was also what was it 1994 or something 1993 thereabouts it was it was really it was very self-consciously um modeled on arcade games 
to some yeah, extent yeah. where like the you know the the idea of an arcade game is you, there's no end to it. You drop a quarter, you just and keep playing. Until you drop you a quarter die. and go for the high score. Yeah, it's not even like the the old beat 'em ups because those at least in, in principle will often have an end. Um, it's like Galaga or or Space Invaders where you just you get three lives and and you get to score as many points as you want. Obviously with Doom there's an end, but you know the 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 whole thing of like oh we're gonna have we have a par time for the level like they they tell you okay this level should take you this this is how many seconds we think or how many minutes we think this level should take you you can do better you can do worse you can find all the secrets you can find none of the secrets et cetera et cetera et cetera um and and you could do it under different difficulty levels and and since the game came out whatever twenty something years ago almost thirty years ago at this yeah. point uh. People have been, you know, like, like, you know, kind of informally. This is a long before the era of, of achievements and things like that. People were challenging each other, you know. Oh, how quickly can you beat this level on this difficulty setting and and this kind of thing? So it has. There's a long, long history there of 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 Doom in particular, and and in some ways, Doom is an index for just video games as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, difficulty levels, but. Like the, the the quintessential Doom experience is playing it on hard, and you see just how just how much of a blast it is to to get good at it and be able to to master it. The whole experience of Doom Eternal is mastering it is such a thrill, and that's the thrill that I got out of it when I started working my controls properly, spending more time with it, and getting used to it. It's it's such a blast, and they don't understand what that feeling is like to want to push yourself right i think and, and so that's why doom managed to always be part of the dna of first person shooters and then doom comes out and gets rebooted and innovates again and clearly shows you the entire point of of why first person shooters were supposed to be uh, exhilarating and why having a learning curve really does uh increase the uh the reputation but also just the the value of the experience as a whole well, Doom Eternal goes to the game design philosophy that's actually dying and very hated by leftoids, is that you will play this game this way, you will learn it this way, and you will like it or you will be bad and suffer. <laughs> this was another thing. Well, yeah, no, yeah. This is like all the games are like, oh, approach the gameplay your way, do it how you want, which usually just means going in guns blazing or yeah. a complete stealth roll, which usually just is very bland either way because neither You way, don't really do anything. neither way is that... Is neither 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 way they have it in the game is very deep. This is also another reason because you remember the big. Dif you were talking about Dark Souls. Sekiro was actually the big one that brought up the difficulty argument again, and I'm pretty sure that was because you either play, you either get good with parrying with the katana in Sekiro, or you just you just don't beat the game. You just don't advance. And I think that was another thing yeah. that I really hated. I mean, there was the infamous article where the games journalist talked about, oh, I turned it down to half speed, and I think that's okay, that's because gay. I was able to approach the game my way. <laughs> I, so um, I really hate that you have to do it one way or just suffer. I'm actually so fortunate because it's a dying game philosophy, I'm, which I'm really glad Doom Eternal and Sekiro right, uh, still brings to life. Right. I'm actually stuck on a, uh, a secret boss in Sekiro, and I've been, like, I was playing it on stream like a week ago. And the chat was counting how many times I died to this one boss. <laughs> but it's like the very last boss. It's the hardest thing in the game. And you don't have to do it to beat the game, but I want to kill it. Yeah, the feeling of wanting to. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Doom has that too. Uh, I don't think I've ever experienced a game in such a long time. Uh, like the, the kind of challenge that Doom throws at you. Because when you were 
saying, comrade, you have to play the game in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Weapon switching in Doom is essential to the flow of combat. Doom has a flow to it. And it's when you get into that flow, the game literally opens up to you. You, you start to understand the, the DNA of the game and how you, you should play it. Obviously, other people are going to prefer certain weapons and certain mods, but I kept going back and watching videos of other people playing it because I came up with a new problem. There was a new wall that I'd hit. And I think I, I got to Tarasnabad, and I was so off with it because I was still manually switching weapons. Hmm. And you can also see people who, who play the game, they use one weapon, they just start blasting with a shotgun, and they get frustrated. And it's because they're they're not getting into the groove and the flow of the game. So when I sorted out my, my key bindings properly, and I practiced and practiced and practiced at weapon switching, uh, it was it was such an exhilarating feeling. It was brilliant. And it, the game really does open up to you like that. And they don't understand what that feeling is like. They and hate Dark us Souls for that. Is like that too. Yeah, they hate us for that. It's, it's amazing. That's why Doom is... It is such an absolute uh, masterpiece of first-person shooters. So like, I, I was saying, oh, sorry, go. On. I didn't realize. I thought you were done. Go. No, on. that's okay. Can, I'm done. Oh, yeah, no. No, no. Well, I just want. I was just thinking, like, because we we um we hit on this point. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if we just released this episode or it's it's in the in the pipeline. But um, I was saying, and 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 to expand on that because I like the word that you use there, practice. I I'm still kind of thinking through, you know, what I. What I think video games are, and and how um, how we should understand them, and, and how we should look at them as, as kind of cultural objects. One thing that I've noticed is that yes, definitely in in games like Doom that give that give you these kinds of um, uh, tools, and then expect you to use or Sekiro for sure. Uh, I noticed myself when when sometimes you know when when I was in the zone with with Company of Heroes um, multiplayer, which was my you know multiplayer vice. Um, that it's like the game is an instrument, like a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I used to play piano and I was okay. I mean, I, I you know, I was, I was uh, a classical piano and, and I was always more of a, um, like I could read the music and then I would just practice it slowly. I was never very good at sight reading and I was always kind of jealous of, of people who could sight read really well. Um, you had to because... feel the flow of, the, of it, right? Well, you had it was a skill that was kind of independent, really. Of like, I mean, I had, I, I, I was, I was good technically, but I just would always, I would always, you know, my sight reading was was poor because I could get by without it because I would just read, you know, a measure at a time and just, mm-hmm. you know, memorize the measure and then just play the measure or the however long, however many measures, um, uh, in sequence and and just kind of do it from there. And I would never really learn focus on on reading it. As opposed to, yeah, you know, there's, there comes a point, I think, when, when you're really good at sight reading and you're like, okay, well, I know now this piece of music is written in this key. So you kind of, I would always have to kind of consciously think, okay, okay am I in F sharp? Am I in C? Am I in, you know, what what key am I in? Then I have to think about, like, where are the blacks and where are the whites? Um, hopefully in, in separate. That. <laughs> Please? Uh, I said hopefully separate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, exactly. But, uh... But you know, just like you know, depending on the key you're in, there's going to be different, different. Like the 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 whole point of writing a key in sheet music is so that you don't have to write, you know, the sh- the 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 sharper the flat notation every time, mm-hmm. every time the notes there. Um, but I, I would just always I would just always have to kind of like manually think about it unless right. I was really really familiar with the piece. In any case, the point that I'm the point to, to bring it back to, to video games is is. Uh, 
Yeah, like, you know, you, you reach a point, I think, when, when you practice, when there's a game worth maybe practicing on, and it just sort of happens naturally, that you, 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 can, you can anticipate, you can, you can get in the state of flow, you know sort of what's coming next, you know, you know instantly yeah. how to react to it, how to, how, to, how to play it like an instrument. And, and in a sense, you know, multiplayer games can be like a kind of competitive piano duel or something. I, I, right? actually, Where, look at, I actually look at competitive gaming as dan- like a dance. Sure, sure. I can I can see that. Um and and it can be fun. I don't mean to we, maybe we can circle back to that later. I, I don't mean to denigrate it entirely and I, mm-hmm. I certainly have engaged in maybe more than my fair share. <laughs> I, I do agree ultimately with Lewis that it's a, it's essentially a kind of digital opium yeah. and and um Oh, definitely. Yeah. I don't disagree it's, with that it's, critique. It's engaging on so many levels that you just like compare the experience of watching a movie or enjoying to what's happening in your brain when you're playing a game you're really enjoying. I, I <laughs> have a hard time sitting through. I mean, I, part of it is that I'm not a huge, I've never been a huge, huge fan of, of like sitting and watching movies. Right. But, yeah. um, I, I, you know, for me, especially these days, uh, it's really hard to sit through like an hour and a half movie. Hour and a half is like two, maybe three rounds of Company Heroes. I could do it just like without even, I mean, right. just, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's just not even a question of, so, so. Uh, I, would, I would rather our guys yeah. smoke weed than play COD multiplayer. Oh, <laughs> oh, I don't agree with that. Oh, I don't agree with that. 100%. If you, uh, if you take. One wears uh, off. You don't, you don't. Wears <laughs> off, okay, that's debatable. If you take Dark Souls, for example, my experience with Dark Souls is, uh, with like the sort of learning curve and how your experience changes you go in i skipped two because of all the issues i had saw with two and i thought one three and bloodborne is good enough for me but uh when you play those kinds of games you are so cautious when you explore its world i just like walk everywhere because you're trying to get a handle on its controls and it, it's it's throwing all these new stuff at you it's like you you're so cautious and you're so uh, unconfident and you're discovering through environmental storytelling this world and so on, but it's it's going from that to then becoming used to it, to then going into boss fights with more confidence mm-hmm. is uh it's it's such an engaging experience. That's why, like that's why you make fun of people who complain about these kinds of games. That's that's why you would just turn around and just be like, why are you being such a fag? Like, right? What is it about it? You you can't wrap your head around it. Like fucking Ricky Berwick could fucking. <laughs> yeah, Ricky and you're sitting Berwick. there complaining it's too hard. Like Bloodborne kicked the shit out of me, and like, I, it's like one of my favorite games ever. I think the reason why I like the multiplayer and the competitive side of things so much is because I grew up with an older brother, and so I was always chasing after someone who was better than me. Yeah, and I think that's why I always had that like air of just, you know striving to be better at the game. That might just be like a personal thing. Um, Atlas, you actually gave me a video. Do you, can you guys... Uh, oh, the share screen closed. Uh, can you guys see the share screen real fast? Uh, I, if you guys can look at that. I have been disconnected. I see Doom Eternal. Yeah. Yeah, so this is Super right. Garnes Master Level. Uh if you look, in, did... if you look in, the, sorry, if you look in the voice chat, it should you should you guys should be able to have like a live current feed of this instead of like the delay. And you'll be able to hear the audio and stuff. Do you see where it says my name on there and it says uh, live? Oh, did we lose? Oh, we lost Groom. Uh, oh. uh, do you... Yeah, I see the feed now. I found it. it took me a while to load in, though. But there, yeah, we, I see it. There, there we go. Uh, there, go ahead, Atlas. Sorry about that. Yeah, 
before master level is uh, they started uh, uploading master level bunch and uh, they're completely like revamped but uh, I wasn't able to finish on Ultra Nightmare because it was literally a nightmare but I played few of the challenge levels that gives you this this is such this is probably one of the most like intense experience you'll ever have playing a video game because you can see the guy who's doing this quite a few channels to up there some guys are really good at it they just get into this flow of using their weapons like tools but you also get in the flow of switching them so often and yeah, it, 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 oh, it took me quite a while to uh, to get through with it but it's it's so exhilarating when you just get into it and it just kind of becomes second nature and I, I just can't see them understanding what makes this so almost perfect and it's like a dance like you said Zeke it's you're dancing around this level you're staying on the move constantly and switching between your tools for whatever problem it throws at you it's so well, perfect. I, I think that uh, the like the um, like as I was saying the good good game design or at least good, good game design in this mold or you know within within these kinds of parameters maybe maybe actually just good game design overall whether it's a 2D platformer like Mario, or a first-person shooter like Doom, yeah. or, or even a puzzle game, uh, you know, a turn-based war game, whatever. It's it's um, it, it's basically it, it, you, it teaches you how to play the instrument, which is to say the game, and then it gives you sheet music, which is say levels that are fun to play, yeah. right? And 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 so then the feeling, like the the music that you make by playing this instrument, this game is is beautiful because it's you know you can see once you know what you're looking at once you learn how to appreciate it uh all the different things that go into it mm -hmm. yeah i actually haven't played the dlc just yet i have both of them but i'm so looking forward to diving back in and touching up my skills again uh, well, the dlcs are great they're hard as fucking shit too yeah i've seen quite a few of the playthroughs they look absolutely mental but it, it's it's nothing like any experience i've, I've ever had uh and that's why it'll always be up there with a genuinely innovative uh, game that managed to take a genre where there's like a trillion first person shooters out there and uh, really show why Doom is built into just the DNA of the genre. It made itself place. it made itself stand out in a crowd of like of generics, yeah. yeah. And just how they revamped Doom's whole universe and gave it a story, it's just so cool, all of it. Such great style and great flaw and great gameplay, and that's why I like Mega Man games a lot. Growing up, because uh, they have these like the idea of like showing you the mechanics uh, on a stage and then having you like actually use those mechanics instead of just telling yeah. you what to do. They like yeah, it'll like show an enemy like failing to do a jump or like failing to grapple hook something. I think one thing we should talk about is uh, Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, I'm sure. I haven't played. I'm sure someone here is. I'm sure someone here is a fan. <laughs> yeah, I have played yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, am I the odd man out in this situation? Yes, you are. <laughs> well, you're just a disgusting, uncultured plebeian at this point. If you haven't played New Vegas, because uh, I finished my, uh, I've just about a week ago, week ago, I finished my final playthrough, uh, three hundred ninety-four point seven hours in total, and I did all endings. And you've you've got a game that is written so well and brings together a, a world that Bethesda hasn't even been able to do such a fucking good job of, which is so strange. But you've got a game that generally raises questions uh, about political philosophy as well. I wonder if, if you can expand on that, uh, if you want to. 
Mm. Yeah, DK, expand on that political philosophy. <laughs> well, we'll ha- we'll have to we'll have to do an episode on on. Well, I I like with um I think Metal Gear Fallout is a big enough series that it needs to be split into, for sure into the oh, yeah, into yeah. 2, 2D versus 3D Fallout to begin with, and then I don't know how much. If probably you can at least do. Um, I don't know. It may even just. I don't know if it's worth really doing three and four. Um, you I don't could know honestly, how you could you could probably just do New Vegas at its own thing and probably That's smash what, four and three into one. Yeah. Or or just not even do four and three. I mean, there I enjoyed three and four, but there I don't know how much. Like what's, once you. What's in four though? You know. That's what I'm saying, and what's in three either? Like it, it's yeah. the, the the things that are interesting about three and four are all in New Vegas, which has way more interesting stuff going on. As as for that interesting stuff, um, I, it's been a while since I played it, and I, I you know what's funny? I, I had this thing that happens sometimes, which I'm sure at least some in our audience, if not you, uh, also co-hosts can can empathize with, with, which is I reached the point like right before the end of the game, I had gone down pretty much all the trees, and I. I, I it was like paradox of choice into not into not finishing it, so I will have to. <laughs> yeah, I will have to. I just couldn't bring myself to to actually pull the trigger on on As any of the endings. Someone said that before in chat. I forget who who it was, but they said the best ending is to not do anything and just leave the Mojave in a like perpetual. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much the ending. Yes, exactly. Just be contested um, forever. Just have the Legion right. and NCR just contest to whoever damn. Uh, because I, like, I was, why I was also sympathetic to House. I was sympathetic to House, but I. Oh, it was yes. funny is, but pre Red Pill, or, or I guess when I when I played it, really, I was it was sort of pre Red Pill. I was I was, I was I was sort of uh, somewhat uh, sympathetic to House, and then um, uh, now, of course, you know we're all very very big fans of the Legion. I think, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a lot of yeah, strength. yeah, in a way. The well, okay. So, what do you, why do you say in a way, or what's the what, what's your criticism of the or critique? My just say, of the... my criticism of the Legion is that it's not very self-sustaining. It's I, what's very interesting about the Legion is that if you actually listen to the dialogue, you get a lot of mixed hearings. Uh, you get from the characters, and I think they do it on purpose. Like some people, you'll ask if if House dies, they'll say uh, the Legion will last. It'll be like a headless beast. It'll thrash for a few years, but then it'll die. But some of the other characters will say, oh, they have a line of like contingency of if Caesar dies, someone else will take over, and then it'll just be as effective as ever. So the whole debate is, has the Legion grown beyond Caesar? And I don't think it does. It just, it's, a, it's a tribal raiding group that just grew beyond its own ability to withstand itself. It's basically just the NCR still in its prime, just a bit more brutal. They've just taken too much yeah. land. They don't have any form of agriculture or really any any type of just self-sustaining resources because they constantly have to raid and pillage to sustain themselves. And the fur even if even uh, if you go with the ending where they win Vegas, the further they push into the NCR, the more heavily, more heavy resistance they're going to be met with, and eventually they're just going to be worn down before they can even reach the boneyard or the capital or whatever it's called. I forget. Yeah, if you, uh, I. It's strange that there's lots of uh, strains to it, and because when you talk to Caesar, you're like, "Oh shit, this guy knows his stuff. He he has an ideology. He has a, a plan for the future." Um, you know, his argument that Rome was necessary for the ancient world, and now that we've been basically destroyed back to uh, a very primitive state, another Rome is needed to help uh, build civilization. But the only person holding that together is Caesar himself. 
And I remember taking one look at Leg Atlanius and just thinking, well, you're a fucking psycho. And <laughs> I don't right. think I don't think he is in any position whatsoever to lead a country. Like he can lead a battle because he's just a total savage who likes violence. And you you get to kind of know his back, uh, Caesar's background and how he created Caesar's Legion. He just brought together tribes that are, you know, bad characters of what Roman soldiers actually were, who were not stupid. Uh, and I just kind of thought, well, you know, if you die, that's that's kind of it. And when you when you talk Legatlanius out of fighting, you mention to him. Uh, you know, one of one of the east, like you've taken the west, but to take the east, you'll be stretched too far, and you won't be able to hold it all together. And you manage to frustrate him into basically just like thinking twice about the battle of Hoverdam. And I, it's it's sort of like you can kind of see, you can kind of see the the inevitable future that they have, which is like their ambition is so uh, large. That it'll it'll kind of be the undoing of them in the end. I didn't actually find my my Legion ending as satisfying as I thought it was, and I think out of all of them, as fun as Yes Man was, uh, House is just the best. Oh. At least I feel like it is. House was yeah. yeah you cut out there. He just said House was the best. Okay, I yeah. thought I thought house, I was going crazy. The House always wins. The House always <laughs> wins. But like as soon as House says. Uh, just give me the time and I'll build a railway line and uh, give me a hundred years I'll have people in orbit and give me more time and I'll get us off of this fucking planet and we'll start again and to me I'm just thinking yeah okay That's because a- if, if you want to go with the if you want to if you want to go with with nation building again in such a bizarre world as you know post-apocalypse America where people are hanging on to old American ideals, it's just sort of like can we not just, just like do something new something new and House offered you that something new because the world is fucked but it, it, he gives you a dream worth chasing after and something to yeah, actually strive for extremely toward. ambitious yeah. and I think he, he can definitely, like you could say well his ambition is just as big as the Legion's it's like well I think I, I just think his has a lot more of more longevity Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, I can't really add too much to this topic because I don't know much about Fallout. Well, at the same time, you know, Caesar is not exactly someone who doesn't appreciate education, and for you know, for role playing reasons, you could think, okay, so in the future, when Caesar has turned all of this into a nation, and we we stop having things like tribes, and we actually educate them. You can eventually rebuild civilization, but uh, I guess that's that's really a question you're you're left completely unanswered because the the ending doesn't give you uh, it doesn't give you a very far flung image of the future. It just tells you the immediate aftermath of your decisions, and that's it. Well, I don't want to. Well, go... I think the... Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I just to maybe wrap this discussion up. Like again, I I um. I, to me, the question is less like because the, the writers could say whatever they want to say, you know, and and obviously the end, the new California. I mean, maybe for people who have no experience with Fallout, whatever, we'll, we'll do Fallout episodes uh, later. The 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 NCR is basically global homo liberalism, right? And 
And like that was always, I think, the least interesting and the least kind of like just nobody, everybody understands the NCR is just a bunch of faggots. Um, the, the 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 thing is like the writers themselves um, could like in principle punish you for doing anything other than making the NCR win, right? And and there's other games and maybe other kinds of games, other period, other studios that like would you know give you in some sense the option to go with the um whatever like mass effect right where like you know there, there's in a sense there's no good options or all the options are gay and you can go for the you know one of the one or more of the options or you can refuse to play along but then the game essentially punish you or the writers essentially punish you for it right so so to me the question is less like well what you know what would what did the what do the writers decide they're going to say is the ending or even what would make narrative sense for the for the extended kind of ending to be and more uh what what are the what are the kinds of considerations that go into making your decision what is it that we really value um i, I part of you know lewis and i have this refrain that we often say you know like uh reality has a fascist bias and mm-hmm. good art has a fascist bias because good art is reflective of reality well you know one one of the things that you, you know really Again, to go back to our earlier discussion, you're talking about video games, you're talking about challenge. At a certain level, you're talking about scarcity, right? Like, you, like if, if there's no scarcity, there's no challenge yeah. and, and, and vice versa. So in order to have challenge, there needs to be some kind of scarcity. And so and so as soon as you're dealing with scarcity, like the whole the whole edifice of global homo like clown world that we're dealing with right now is because we're, we're in un, literally unprecedented in human history levels of abundance yep. where people think energy is free people think food is free not even just free in the sense you don't they have to pay for it although, although, exactly and and so and so the 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 key point of fallout games generally but especially like fallout in particular and in, in post-apocalyptic settings maybe a little to some extent generally is like we've re why are post-apocalyptic settings interesting is because we've reintroduced scarcity and we've not done it in a kind of past historical context we've done it in a, in a future historical context where there's still some of these vestiges or these remnants um or even just kind of archaeological artifacts of the world that, as we know it today where where we have this unprecedented abundance but there are still conditions of material scarcity and deprivation and so the narrative question or the kind of narrative thematic question then is like okay given these constraints these new relatively newly within the context of the game world you know okay it's actually been a hundred years or so or whatever since the since the nuclear war but we're still kind of rebuilding civilization how do we want to rebuild civilization what are the kinds of decision you know what goes into our decision making process for dealing with these conditions of you know we, we don't have global homo anymore now okay if the ncr is like okay well do we just kind of try to recreate global homo as best we can you know, uh, under under these conditions, but kind of go back down that road. I think it's interesting to me as a player, even before I was, quote, red-pilled, that was always the least attractive option. I was always like, no, these people are just gay. Like, there's nothing that the NCR is is going to offer. Like, I, you kind of get where the designers are coming from in terms of, like, you know, it's kind of a default option almost for people who just are yeah. so... So lacking imagination, they can't think of anything other than neo you know, neoliberal global homo. Why can't homo. we I, I f- all just be friends and share all our food? <laughs> right. I felt right. the uh, the NCR ending was so underwhelming. I was just like, okay. But it can't. It can't. That's what I'm saying. Is like in terms. I like to look at things in terms of narrative logic. Right. That's what I was talking about before. It's less like because the, the the writer, you know, writers, f- fiction writers can write whatever. That's why it's fiction. 
that's you know what what they actually write. What, what, what makes good fiction good, I think, is is how well the internal logic coheres. And that's the thing is like, Obsidian is a, is a great studio, and they have very talented writers, which means they have writers who pay attention to things like narrative logic and internal cohesion, which means. That like yeah, obviously the NCR ending is going to be underwhelming because the like it can't not be if it, if you're going to adhere to some kind of principle of narrative logic and internal yeah. cohesion like duh, it's going to be boring and stupid like nobody wants this but like okay we, you know we kind of almost have like, it, it's so at this point everybody like we just default to to neoliberal global homo and so people have a hard time imagining to, some kind of people have a hard time imagining anything else and so i think for those kind of people it's like yeah you can go just yeah. sort of prop up the global homo regime again whatever if that's that's what you want to do you can go ahead and do that well you've it's like you you've been all you've ever been offered in your life is liberalism so you're not going to be able to think about anything else because there is no other kind of world that can exist oh. and when you suggest from the perspective of liberalism right, right. they they, they yeah. don't want you they don't want you to think that there is so then when you when you suggest a world that's not liberal, uh, what comes up? Well, World War II and the Holocaust. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> tired. Like... I am so tired of seeing get, like oh, games about World War II, Nazi zombies, mm-hmm. and all this other shit. I actually do it's... want to see a game from the other perspective one day. Well, there's all kinds of war. I mean, war, <laughs> war in the East is a, if you like operational strategy that takes you know you, you take hours to learn the manual, then the, you got war in the East. A somewhat more visceral. I love Unity of Command. I mean, there's war games, uh, especially turn-based types. That uh, Unity of Command. Big old shout out to anyone who likes. Um, even if you maybe don't necessarily play war games, but you're kind of interested or you, you you thought like like uh, Unity of Command. I think does a fantastic job of. Um, it's it's both approachable and extremely deep and and the the designers took uh, a very very like the it's mainly one he's a team but is it's mainly one guy who he's his vision i mean he re- he spent he spent almost as much time researching like unit compositions i mean actual historical Oof. details yeah. and and like terrain as he did actually pro- and then and then thinking about cuz not sometimes you know some stuff he was able to do pretty much one to one other stuff he had to like kind of make you know, game design decisions that weren't like this is not a historical simulator. It's a it's a game, and so he had you know, and, and then and he'll but he'll tell you he's like okay, well actually you know this division is comprised of units from multiple divisions in real life, but I didn't want to give you those multiple divisions. I wanted to give you one division. This kind of stuff. Um, but but it it, it I I will say uh, for myself too because I uh, you know I, I'm not I, I think all of us in this thing are kind of you know we're we're, we're fans of the era if nothing else. Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the kind of operational challenges, um, both sides faced by both the the the, um, the the Americans and the Russians and yes. the Germans in their various campaigns. Like you learn, like you know how the terrain influenced the kind of. You, you always ask, you know, you, you know, hypothetical or it's a kind of common armchair general thing. Like, oh, what if what Hitler if? had done this or that? And yeah, you can sort of see, even just in terms of like the terrain and and the in the divisions that were available and the, what was known of the divisions on the other side and these kinds of considerations, like. Well, there's only so many kinds of decisions that you can make, right? And and this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's anyway, yeah, but like, it, yeah. Sorry, it's the same with like ancient ancient history strategy games. You learn a lot about Roman history as well, and how the ancient world was was uh, was comprised. And I think that's that's what's very special about strategy stuff, uh, especially when they they force you to really seriously think about what the best. Uh, 
how how best to create a nation and an empire and what you base it off of because it's sort of like your 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 instincts really come out because you end up going to have some sort of uh militarized nationalistic empire or nation if you're if you're playing one of these strategy games where you're nation building well that's because that's like the natural progression of things right like you want to obtain the resources and then you want to protect your territory against outside outside forces that come to put pressure on you that just you takes also want an adventure as well yes and so that puts the nationalistic and fascistic like <laughs> tendencies on a person even if you want to remain effective in any sense. I mean, how many people play as the Germans in, uh, I think you know, in, in strategy games, like Hearts everyone, <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, we kind of have, yeah, I think we have a bit of a bias in that, but yes, everybody, well, it's not even just, it's not, it's not even just our guys. I mean, I was talking about company heroes earlier. Like you have, okay. Serious players will play all factions and, and maybe default to one or the other, but, uh, you typically, you know, like, but, but, you have a lot more just dedicated Axis players who just only are interested in, in playing as yeah. the German army. I mean, it's just, you know, very, pr- pretty much no one is like, I'm only, you got, you got a couple like hardcore uh, Russian nationalist types who, who will just only play Soviets. But Duh. other than that, it, you know, which is fine. I actually support that. I think that's fine. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, it's like if, if someone has a preference, typically it's going to be to play as the Axis. Because of course. One one thing about uh, World War Two games is uh, we we're talking about this beat before. You know, I start to kind of wonder that at a certain point, what is what is the real motivation behind liberal reactions to our worldview, uh, especially when it comes to the the Germans in the Second World War as well. It's kind of like it starts to become obvious that they're they're not they're not reacting to us out of protection of Jews, they, they're protecting themselves. And especially when it comes to the, the further we get away from the actual generations that experienced that part of history, what really happens to that narrative? Does it begin to transform? It doesn't transform for, for Jews, obviously. But for the new generations of the future, what does the Second World War look like? So you see as World War Two games come out, it's literally just liberal fan fiction where they indulge in violence against their political enemies because you know they they obviously see as we see that the germans were the best representation of the interests of the white race as a whole and it it takes on just this it's not even just for the purpose of creating a historical event and creating a video game it's just it's them indulging in being able to uh, experience you know, a moment that created the world that they live in. Because without that war, liberals would not be allowed to get away with being the piece of shit that they are. And well, that well, was the last time. Yeah. That was the last time liberalism really hung on by a thread, and that thread was almost severed. Yeah, I think you know, 1945 is year zero for. The for the state religion of Zog, uh, which is you know yeah, Holocaustian, like civilization reboot. The, the war yeah. literally like ended. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's the, 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 that will <laughs> to some extent, but I think that's it, it's it's less that that is less that the world ended and more that that that's and when they want to say that that's this when, new world began. As you say, that's when the yeah. new empire started. Yeah, 
Yeah. And but, yeah, so I, that's why I think it's really important to push back. You know, there, there, and and you see this I, even before, long before I was red pilled. There was like, I, I kind of, and I think a lot of people have maybe have this experience of, um, even just reading about, like the 19th century, medieval history, Roman history. Roman, Roman, Rome is kind of you know sequestered off in certain ways, but but like there's something inherently suspicious about you if you're like really interested in pre 1945 history. It, it's like. You know, watch out for this guy. He's you know he's, he, might he, be he seeks the forbidden knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, he wants to know how things used to be. Yeah, you're you don't have a history before the 1940s, and when you started, you were the ultimate evil. Like exactly, that, that's why yes. we must keep a boot on your neck. That because if you don't, we you might rise up and destroy the world again. I mean, it's really it's really the territory of like there was a war in heaven and the good guys won and the bad guys have been you know banished for all eternity. But you're descended from them. Yeah. It's kind of like you know in mythopoetic terms, like that's how it shakes out, right? Well, I've uh, when I after I I got red pill and really went down the the rabbit hole. I I didn't want to just listen to podcasts and things like that. I really wanted to get into philosophy because you, know, you eventually become familiar with names and certain works. But I kind of thought, you know, doing philosophy without history would kind of be a bit of a mistake on my part because it would leave me with such a huge misunderstanding as to how the world works and how our world came to be. And so I just started building a personal collection and I've been studying military history for the past two years now. And it's not just that I take a specific interest in military history. It's because the entire historical record is war and politics. And you see that every time the world has changed in such a profound way, it started with a war. So you ask, you ask Greeks living... You know, before the time of Alexander the Great, you know, how their political world came to be. It's it's Troy. It's, it starts with the story of Troy, which was a huge event in their history. And then Alexander's campaigns changed the world forever, and then so on. And without the Punic Wars, Rome wouldn't have inherited the world that Alexander had created. And so you start to see that, you know, this idea that the, the pen is mightier than the sword is for the most part just ridiculous and so we're living in a very similar situation where this world we live in started with a great war it required a sort of blood sacrifice if you will in order for this to exist and that's why this this topic is so impossible to to avoid it's like why talk about the war all the time i say because if you don't understand what it truly meant if you spent your whole life watching hollywood movies like americans do you won't understand the world that you're living in and unfortunately that's that's how they've been able to to keep americans uh, so in the dark they get their history through uh, the media that they consume which is just jewish hollywood and now video games as well and world war Two video games to me just kind of make me kind of sick Right. And that's why I think it's up to us to fill those spaces that they try to create just for themselves to talk against us and then go in and counter those their points and give people the actual truth of what happened. Like, um, 
what was it like this like the new release of Call of Duty like Vanguard like we call it Call of Duty nigger because they constantly yep. try and fill it with <laughs> you know they try and say oh the, the this is a squad of blacks that worked with the the squad of like other people it's like no if anything yeah. they would have beat the shit out of the pack of niggers that they tried to shove into their squad and throw them out you just look at the image and you just see liberal fan fiction that's it and then Battlefield 1 was the same. The, the First World War, where it were millions of white men, died in a war that, that the rest of them were probably... just The rest of them just did not want to take part in. It was a horrible event in European history. And they released this game and put a fucking nigger on the front of it. Wait, you're Out of all the things they could have done. You're telling me that cybernetic women did not help the Allies defeat the Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you start to see it. It just... It, it has transformed into just this monstrosity which is not only just completely disrespectful but is just disgusting because that's a, that's all it is to them <laughs> yeah like it's been a lot anyone... oh go ahead sorry i was gonna ask is anyone like asking questions in chat i haven't been able to look uh, over it too much not too many uh if you guys are willing to f ask questions go right ahead and we'll try and bring them up if you I noticed. I don't know how to. If it's like with the acronym AWIVR has had some some good comments, including uh, one earlier on my discussion of uh, PC Accelerator magazine that uh, uh, there were too many boobies and his parents wouldn't let them <laughs> let him watch it. Which uh, yeah, I, I get that. But, um, but yeah, uh, no, I don't know. I, I haven't seen. I've seen just some some interesting commentary, but but I haven't Not seen too much many in the way actual of, uh, questions. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if the chat wants to ask questions, yeah, or chat's being lazy tonight, they usually talk a lot of shit, but no, they, they're good most days. <laughs> you should see some of the stuff we, they get into on the, on the bad days. Think, like I said, you're, you're blessed that Carl hasn't shown himself in the uh, chat yet. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm sharing the screen again. If you guys can see, mm -hmm. uh, this is what we, we, we did a little edit to the call of duty, uh, <laughs> and that that's probably one of our best posts so far that we've made out of this it's a classic i can't unsee it <laughs> it'll forever be call of duty nigger to me well it's just it's also like i i mean the thing is there were blacks in the american army but yes. they served in segregated units that's there was and, and that's they, were, the they were typically not in combat roles. No. Like, so they, well, I know, they, they I know what, another thing. Another thing they're gonna do is I. If you just watch the trailer, you can see it. They they show off a uh, Soviet female sniper, which I do know was a history thing, but because I think they were very pop, they were they very were them, uh, yeah. common in like the attrition of the East. But uh, you can just tell they're really just stretching everywhere to say where can where were niggers in world war ii where were the fucking women uh, <laughs> they weren't on frontline like roles we can yeah. shove in like you can tell they're they're really just reaching and stretching to shove in as much <laughs> reaching and stretching yeah, for trannies go ahead like that's what they do uh, they <laughs> they want well, to go well, ahead the, the island they've really they forgot to include like the u.s had a core of uh logistics uh, experts who also doubled as like punishment rapists that were all Jeez, black. I was really surprised Christ. didn't make headline. You know, didn't make the next game out of those guys. Wait, is that true? Yeah. They Call of Duty rape, 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 rape. No way. What was it? Uh, is this in the European campaign? I think in Europe, in Japan. France and Italy, 
uh, in France and Italy, notoriously, uh, logistics units would uh, wild out and just rape locals. And there there was actually a yeah. so there there I there was a, there was a rabbit hole I forget which episode of the third rail it was but there was a while back um because I it, it was fun it was so there was Ben Dominich who's the Mrs Megan McCain he, he's he's the wife of of Megan McCain uh is also the publisher and, and co-founder of the Federalist which is one of these kind of like I don't know how to describe the Federalist people in the audience probably know them anyway um. He sent out a thing a while back about um, this, like how great it was because there was this so-called battle. One of the, there was a battle in 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 the UK that happened um, during World War II, and he's like, "But it's a different battle. You probably didn't I hear about this, this battle." I was actually yeah. going to ask you about this episode because I do remember. Uh, yeah, and, the and it, freaking it, the fuck out. So basically, it was it was because there were all these these niggers who were wiling out, and the and the and the the, the tavern, the shopkeepers, and the tavern keepers of this in this little town in England were like, okay, no niggers in our establishment, and the Americans were like, basically, uh, a, 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 no, sorry, it was the other way around. It was the the Americans didn't allow. They basically were like, no. You are not, you know, we're gonna have the the black the black soldiers go at one time and the the white soldiers go at another time, and so and the the uh, the British were very very offended by this. They're like, what are you why what are you, are you talking about? Why are you, why are you doing this? It's like you know, <laughs> like you know, you don't understand. Like they rape, they're violent. They're it's like this big problem, and they ended up there was like a big fist fight between the um, townsfolk uh, who were you know white knighting for niggers and and the American service members. And it, it, but it just goes to show you, like, yeah, I mean, the the um, there were reasons, of course, why they did that. And as I recall, part one of the, I don't remember all the details, but of course, this was all Ben Dominich had had no like he, to him, it was just like, oh, look at these great people standing up for for blacks in ways that Americans even wouldn't at the time. It's like, no, these were just violent rapists who were you know a constant problem, but they had to be there for you know because reasons, and. Um, and so, it, but there were, as I recall, there were like multiple reports of rape, which was, and, and, and basically just troublemaking, um, you know, just these blacks getting into violent, getting into fights and, and causing basically, problems. Which typical nigger behavior. Necessitated the problem. Exactly, right? Which, which is what necessitated the policy in the first place. Um, and that's just, you know, never, ever there as context. Of course not. Uh, Screen Got Screen Goy asks, what is your opinion on the largest politically driven travesty of a video game? Like, what is the worst political game, essentially? I, I feel most... Per- oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, Watch Dogs Legion is the most disgusting anti-white video game probably ever made. It's super... Wow, I never... political. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Go watch uh, American Krogan's video on it. I, I was gobsmacked at the balls on Ubisoft that they released this fucking thing. And I remember E3 when they uh, announced it. And the fucking guy on stage literally mentioned Brexit, and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> well, and I knew, I knew straight away. Say? I remember, I remember uh, Jim. Uh, sorry, I remember Jim was streaming that night, and uh, Jim, like Jim, Jim was watching Jim or Medicare, 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 Medicare. Okay, yeah. yeah. And he was straight. He was uh, streaming E3 as well, and I remember him laughing uh, at it as well. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they're actually, they actually did it. They're actually was going that in the... that direction. Was that the one with like they had the the black the raised fist and they got in trouble for that or was that the uh, next, the I one th- after that? I or, think I, that was. I never one played of any Watch Dogs. That was the one that was infamous, for, not infamous, but it had like the pig head character as like yeah. the main like 
title or the cover art character, I guess, for some fucking reason. You uh, you literally help smuggle people into Britain, illegal immigrants. <laughs> Stormzy's in it. Oh, that's uh, funny. Yeah, the the government is taken over by the far right. <laughs> that is oh the boy. most anti-white shit. Can we just like again like have the game state just re- stay there? Like the way to the way to beat Watchdog <laughs> Legions is to like pirate it and then play, and then just like yeah, yeah let the right wing government stay. And then we quit. Oh, the, and then we ended the game because it was perfect. <laughs> right. All our problems go, were solved. Go ahead. Tell um, us what you think is the. I was gonna say I felt most offended because this was like I guess kind of early ish in my in my red pill days. Um, I read poli- I, I always wanted, I mean, as you could tell, basically, uh, NIGR is kind of our way of doing what I thought the promise of Polygon, Polygon was, which is, you know, kind of more looking at video games. Yes. You know, we have some kind of newsy stuff and yes, we have some kind of, and, and you know, more kind of reviews a essentially, lot of it's but relevant, we're, we're... so Sorry? A lot of it's relevant to what you talk about, at least. It doesn't go off topic too much. You no, know, of course. Well, yes. But, but, the, but, the, but the key point is, you know, we're looking at, at video games as, as a cultural object, and we're, we're analyzing them in, in cultural terms more, more than, you know, just kind of something like IGN or GameSpot or whatever. And, and to their credit, or I don't know if credit's the right word exactly, but interest, I thought it was interesting that when they very, when the very, very first started, when they when and, the, and like uh, one of the first things they did was their Bioshock Infinite review, and we could, there's a whole, obviously a lot we could say about Bioshock Infinite. They didn't even really like go down the political road so much. They were more mostly talking about it in other terms, and I really liked their Bioshock Infinite review uh, at the time when I was reading, or at least I liked what they what I what I saw them attempting to do, um, and and they attempted to do it. So I was kind of like early on the Polygon.com, you know train and i was really i really and and i just sort of stayed on that train as it went down you know more and more kind of increasingly terrible stations the last straw and one of the things that i'm kind of still mad about is um their game of the year for i don't know must have been 2015 or 2014 something like that was gone home i am still mad i am still mad that i paid three dollars or whatever it was for gone i was like what the fuck is this bullshit i remember they could never shut the fuck up about that game i remember that very vividly and i'm just like you searched the attic of a homosexual yeah (laughs) i mean it's just like it's not even a game it's just an empty gay house is all it is yeah it, there's nothing to it. It's just extremely stupid. And this big twist is like it's not ghost. It's not haunted. It's just like, shut the fuck up. It's not fun. This is stupid. And, <laughs> the action, and a game of the, the year, my ass. doesn't even get hot and heavy. Well, you know. No, re- yeah. Right. <laughs> in, in, recent, <laughs> no, uh, yes. in recent history, they actually had something like that with uh, what was it? Um, what was that game with uh, the Life giant? Is strange. Not Life is Strange. It was the one with the the mushroom zombies. The sequel. Oh, oh, fuck! Last of Us Two. Oh, Last of Us Two. They uh, uh oh, I didn't even. Well, yeah. I love. There was a. There was a. Some journalist who, or I think it was like a. I don't remember all the context for it, but basically they were like, "Watch out! You know, if you're not careful, you could get stuck in in the synagogue." I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much." <laughs> if you think about it. 
If you think about it, we're all just stuck in Last of Us 2 synagogue. It's just... I can't get out of the synagogue. Oh, ironically, I think the Last of Us 2 is the most overtly pro-Jewish game I've ever seen. Yes. There's literally a whole scene where after the lesbians fuck or whatever, the Jew talks about how important the Jewish faith is to her, even though the world ended like when she was born, so it wouldn't even really... No, no the world like ended, and then she was born like a decade later, so she, they would literally have like... Oh, no context. No so one uh, one of my favorite one of my I was trying to look at like twenty like games that they could have. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, like, it's one of the I most extended sequences. Point, like, you, you can't shoot the Talmud or whatever. It's really weird. Yeah, right? They don't. The game doesn't mechanically allow it. Um, or no, the Torah. Yeah, it's like the to the Torah they have on display, and like the only thing you can't shoot. And it's just really weird that that's a detail they thought yeah. they had to do. Do you? Um, then they had this. Yeah, and then the self-sex scene is infinite, infamous as well. Do you know of uh, American Krogan, Darren King? You know, I've never heard, People keep telling me I need to check his channel out. I definitely will. I think we have, Maybe like, so. like uh, cross... Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, I've been... Uh, I've would been... really like his Bioshock stuff, especially since that was... Yeah, we had that episode, episode, and I, I understand our takes are somewhat... I don't know that they're necessarily opposed, but I'm, I'm, I know because, uh, Lewis, you had a, you had a nuclear take on... Um, on Bioshock, and it may be fun to, yeah. to kind of compare our takes and, and have it that discussion. Yeah, we'll definitely. That, uh, Pontine is like is like the Aryan. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Proud of that American one. American Krogan really did his research. Uh, I was catching up on some of his stuff because people were recommending me him as well. Uh, take your fucking blood pressure medication before you watch it because Jesus Christ, <laughs> Bioshock. What you were is saying. Bioshock's the most fucking Jewish thing I've ever seen in my life. And, like, when you really, if you ever want to know, like, how how embedded but, oh, but is it's the so, Jewish it's perspective. So, it's so self-hating, though. It's so great. Yeah, that was yeah, our main is, thing was, like, it is extremely Jewish, so but it's, like, brutally, the thing is, he, he just yeah. shows the Jews as a bunch of psychopathic perverts. Like, it, and, it, yeah, it, just he, he betrays himself. Why not? He betrays um, himself, you know. Ken Levine, just, I, I couldn't make yeah. that game. I don't hate Jews enough as a Gentile. <laughs> it's, it's actually funny because they, they you, you're right. They do like paint these Jews as horrible people, but then they like show, mm. oh, but they have to be this way because they were the Holocaust. And they were they were literally in the camps, and they just want they wanted to escape those horrible goy. But then Fontaine it's... came and ruined everything, like all goys do to our perfect Jewish society. Oh, good. But it's also it's also such a good example of the. The obsession Jews have Eroticism. with Europeans, and it's like I've because I've got a saying like Jews thought they were God's greatest creation until they met a Greek, and <laughs> then they met a Roman, and then they met the rest of us, and they've just been yeah. so bothered the entire time I've heard that ever they've, since. they've actually <laughs> yeah yeah ever since they've been bothered by the fact that they came across a people who are everything they wanted to be perceived as, and so like. Israel isn't even the first fucking country to be wrecked by the Romans. Like, the Macedonians had their lives completely fucking ruined before, uh, like, the, the Roman sack of Israel. And what do these people do? They all just moved to Europe. And they've been our, our fucking problem ever since. And he's, the kind of story that Ken Levine has written is such a perfect example of not only their neuroticism, but the fact that they just won't fuck off and leave us alone. And they literally want to take our place in the world. And that is why they stay around us. And yet they, they can't deal with the fact that the the, the sort of Aryan personality uh, 
will always be something that they'll contend with unless they just murder you unless they just kill you and that's that's what's what's built into into his story and then American Krogan really does his research that in the end the lesson you get from these games is the white man is completely beyond forgiveness he's completely beyond redemption and only until the white man dies can the Jew actually be like safe and it's up to us to completely reject that premise and fight fight them out of these spots and take back our you know take back yeah. our cultural touchstones yeah they 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 mean very genuine harm towards you they have no, a very you, you genuine about? hatred for you what are you talking about andrew ryan is the hero he was being torn apart by god the bear and the eagle it was so tragic it's <laughs> anti-semitic so yeah i was i was quite i was quite surprised how much uh american Kroger was actually able to get out of the game he, he really did a great job on it but uh you're going to enjoy him he's on uh, odyssey all of his stuff is uploaded there. Okay. So definitely sit down and, and have a watch at them. Uh, yeah. Uh, what you call? Oh, I just... I'm just, I'm just interested. DK, have you ever seen like the developer commentary of uh, Bioshock? Not even just what's in the game, but also like interviews. With I read, IGN. we read some interviews with Ken Levine, but I'm not sure what you're talking. You mean like, is it part of like the Steam install package or something? I'm not sure what uh, you're talking about. Well, just like the old IGN uh, interviews because. Basically, yeah, yeah, those are, I read, yes. Yeah, there are, yeah, I was going to say, there are no references in, because if you were just a, a regular player and you just played the game as is, you would probably, even if you were more like woke, you probably would have a very hard time even just picking up that a lot of these characters are Jewish. Cause well, you definitely wouldn't know, yeah, that. exactly. Well, some of that was like occasionally, like Cohen obviously is, you know, if you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then there were a couple that were more, um, like I think in some of the audio logs, it's it's occasionally mentioned. I played it long before I was Jay woke, um, so so that just kind of went right over my head. But uh, or at least it was, it was like you know the, the Holocaust uh-huh. stuff was like whatever. Is is this is this Mr. Rambot himself is is now in the hello welcome oh, good. hello hello hi oh hi hello. hello Mr. Shekelstein Black first time he's woken up early in years. The powerful appeal of being able to hang out with some niggers got me out of bed 15 minutes early. Oh, welcome hey, to Rand. Uh, Rand has gotten in the car <laughs> with a, <laughs> with the niggers. <laughs> All right. Uh, we were just talking about Bioshock and and stuff. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, it's an interesting. I I definitely would. I think we should do. Maybe we could do another. Um, We'll 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 talk to American Krogan and maybe see see if we can do a um yeah, a joint discussion great. and 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 because I think it's it's definitely I mean Bioshock that actually brings me back to to uh, what I was gonna say is um you know I think Bioshock is is love it or hate it or some or both or somewhere in between it's one of the most important um cultural touchstones for video games as a medium uh as a whole i think even is is fair to say and uh so you you kind of have to talk about bioshock if you want to talk about the medium as as a whole in a kind of cultural and analytic way um on that note part of the reason I, w- I was saying rambot that that i was so upset with with polygon because and it was i guess 2013 you know it was even earlier than i thought 
Polygon had had gone home uh, as their game of the year 2013, and in 2013, I just sort of I liked Polygon enough that when they said that, that I was like, okay, I'll just go and play whatever they. Like, I hadn't, I didn't really like pay close attention. I was like, oh, this is game of the year, it must be fucking amazing. And of course, it was absolute ass, and and I never, I never uh, looked back. But um, other titles for game of the year 2013 were The Last of Us Part One, or now it's Part One, uh, Bioshock Infinite, which again we'll we'll definitely have to talk about another time, Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, Metro Last Light, and one of my maybe I think really for me the pinnacle I would say of what video games can do, what they can mean, how they can be like uh, you know this it's stupid but ongoing never ending discussion of like our games art. I think the single best example of of you know the, the maybe the only real game that i would say is true art um is is brothers a tale of two sons uh which was which would definitely be my um game of the year 2013 and if you haven't played it you definitely should and and i i think it's you know on the one hand it's kind of simple on the other hand i think there's enough there that at some point maybe it'll be a shorter episode but we should lewis we should definitely do have you 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 played it right uh me or Rander, who yeah, I've I've not Lou, played Lewis, that. Game. My, oh, I was gonna say my, my co-host Lewis. Lewis, are you are you there? He's asleep. I'll need to play it. I've I've messed around with it. I, okay, I, yeah, I, you should definitely play it. It's not long. This, it's really not this long thing at where all. I, like play a game long enough to get it and like <laughs> stop playing it. You know? Sure. Well, the thing is, there's a. I don't want to like. I mean, calling it a twist is kind of. You need to play to the end because the final sequence. I, really, to me, is what the whole thing hinges on as as a kind of like like the, in terms of the discussion of games as a medium, and um, I, I'd be curious replaying it if it if it had the same effect on me and if it had the same effect on you. I don't know if I've discussed. I, I may have mentioned it before to you and may have kind of blown it, but either either way, you should definitely um, go through it. But uh, yeah, it's it it does something at the very very end that. Um, I, it just affected me in a way I've never been affected before uh, and or since in terms of, you know, what, um, just how, like, at, at a physiological level, I would say. And uh, that's really unique in, the, in that regard. So all of this could have been Game of the Year, but Polygon was like, oh, no, here's a fag in an attic. Not fag, whatever, dyke. Uh, he's a dyke. Uh, he's, she's got <laughs> pictures. She's got pictures in her attic. Go Go check them out. Best place for a dog in the attic. <laughs> I would say the closet, but you know, whatever. Hang on, just me. Hang on from the attic, maybe. Yeah. I, uh, I, I can finally provide a, a definitive answer to the eternal question of whether games are. Uh, well, obviously they are, because uh, as soon as it started making a lot of money, Jews broke into it and created an inferior product. You know, I've never heard a more valid point on the fucking topic. I've heard I'm that story argue before. With that. It sounds familiar. God, they do try to well, weasel their way into everything. Uh, yeah, I think we're getting to the end of the show here. Yeah, well, um, uh, thank you, thank you so much for for having us on. This was a blast. We will have to do it again if we can. Uh, if if that's all right, I, mean, I don't know if you if you if you want, but I think, absolutely, uh, I think it was yeah, good. absolutely. I love I love the way this went. It, I feel like it went great. Yes, I think it should yeah. happen again. You know, on on a larger, more professional venue. Shut your mouth. Get out of here. You want to bring okay. on TRS Rambot? I think they have the I think they have the balls for it. <laughs> Why don't you try and show up earlier next time, Mister Randberg? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can get them hooked up with Borzoi and Sven. <laughs> yeah, Got a lot. Yeah, Rand streams every now and again. Yeah, he does. Rambot still streams. Oh my god. 
Uh, we had some questions in the in the chat. People maybe didn't catch at the beginning, or, or we can may- maybe mention again now. Um, I am DK. Uh, my co-host Lewis is also in the chat. We have a gaming uh, podcast. We do a couple things. Uh, we have a together. We have a gaming co- podcast called the National Institute for Gamer Review, also known as Nigger or N I G R. Um, we look at video games from a cultural context we, there's also like other we do other stuff too and 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 within that kind of same rss and on that umbrella we also do a gaming news um program called gamer core but um you can also catch me on the third rail from time to time and the trs network actually both shows are now on the trs network um but you probably have heard of at least the third rail um if you haven't that's another great uh show on the trs network um where rambot and rambot you've you've been on the show before too um as i recall Third rail, yeah, uh, that does ring a bell. That, that does ring, <laughs> ring somewhat of a bell. Yes, I've been. On oh, there. we got a we got an OG fan. Does Right Wing Dharma Squad still exist? Yes, Right Wing Dharma Squad still exists. You, this RSS is still live. I am now in the process of putting back up the the old episode. I'm, I've kind of said fuck it. I was trying to go through them with a fine tooth comb for um for any kind of doxy stuff. I'm finally, you know what? We were pretty good about OPSEC, and it's 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 good enough. So. Uh, Anyway, yeah, right-wing Dharma squads, for those of you who are interested in authentic Buddhism, uh, which is to say Buddhism from a right-wing kind of perspective, um, then then check out right-wing Dharma squads. And, and yeah, we stay tuned in the in the very near future for, for more news on that. We will definitely, definitely um, be, be coming back. But in the meantime, I am I'm just going to power through and just upload all the all the old back catalog we had we had a kind of doxing threat it was basically we were getting quote-unquote researched by quote-unquote academics who are all lesbian and or jewish um it was <laughs> like like not that's not a joke or an exaggeration this is the literal the literal truth is those things uh, just tend to happen to go hand in hand all the time right yeah so, you, uh, they were you mentioned yeah. buddhism i did actually want to ask you about alan watts but i guess we'll we'll do that another time about alan watts what about him uh, what what do you think of him? Is he? I don't think much. I mean, it's whatever. I I generally speaking, I would say there's only a handful. Like I'm I'm not even saying this to fan my own balls, although I'm sure that'll come across the way that's fine. Basically, there are no Westerners on Buddhism that you should listen to, except for maybe me right. and like anyone who's been on right wing <laughs> Dharma squad. Yeah, like no, I'm serious. I'm, and it's not. I'm not saying that because I, I'm, I'm. I'm saying that because I actually know the material, and I actually like the problem with Western quote unquote. You have to appreciate the irony though. That's literally every new age guru. Yeah. Don't listen to <laughs> except me. No, 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 no. Wait, I said no Westerners. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's that's a good point, or it would be a good point, except for I didn't say don't listen to anyone else. Listen to like there's Asian teachers. I, I mean, like I like Dongsar Kensei Rinpoche. Uh, I like. I mean, there's, I could I could talk to you about Tibetans. I could talk to you about Japanese. I could talk to you about you know uh, Thai masters. I mean, there's there's uh, or just read you know the the uh, older books. Like definitely there's um, definitely there are people that I would point you to, even you know kind of contemporary teachers. The problem is like basically none of them are Western, um, and and people in yeah. people you know people writing in Eng- people like Westerners, which is to say white people. Uh, writing in English, like there's basically none whose opinion I would trust on. Who, and I've read right. some of it, a lot of it I haven't, but it's also just I I can tell from like the way you talk about other stuff. There's a there's a couple. Big Bodhi is Jewish, but he's actually he he, he sticks or you know, he's maybe a Mishling, but he like he just does translations of old Pali stuff, and they're actually really good. And he I'm very grateful for Biku Bodhi. And 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 there's a handful, a small handful, but Biku Bodhi doesn't like write books as Biku Bodhi. He maybe writes an introduction to like this giant Pali thing that he translated you know you understand the difference so yeah. so that's what i'm saying is like you know when it comes to like authentic buddhism authentic dharma like don't 
like be very very suspicious of any white person except for me or the people in my kind of orbit on right wing Dharma squads is what I would say. Yeah, he's so when is eight prey Heil Hitler dropping in the? <laughs> <laughs> Thank there's... you. I, that's a great. I was thinking, I was trying, I wanted to write a book on this and I needed a title and you just gave me one. So yeah, Fantastic. thank you for the eat, break, there's, there's a lot to say about like Westerners uh, getting sucked into Eastern philosophy. Like Alan Watts definitely was just completely uh, sucked into it. But he also, you know, he sort of, I guess, he, he lived uh, from the 50s and then into the 1960s and he like moved to America. So I don't know just how new agey he became but some of his old public television lectures he did on buddhism are quite interesting so i was, I was just who curious. is this sorry this, you're talking about alan watts still no alan watts yeah okay yeah it's it's strange uh, you know the amount of westerners it kind of feels like you know our, our civilization kind of dying and moving into a new era a lot of westerners are not connected to western philosophy anymore and they That's, gravitate yes. to the east and yeah, it, I, well, that's part, I didn't really, yeah, sorry, I didn't really see it as there's something genuinely special about the East. I kind of saw it as Westerners literally just drifting away. Well, there's there's some of that too for sure. Um, but I mean, speaking for myself, maybe I don't. I I come from you know I had a lot of training, I guess I should say. In in you know, I mean, I, I it's not it wasn't a place of ignorance at all. It was it was a place of curiosity. Um, you know, having been steeped in in both you know classical uh, uh, Greek and and uh, European philosophy, as well as like more more modern stuff, you know, uh, the kind of nineteenth century continental tradition as well, um, uh, and and to a lesser extent, even some of the analytic stuff. You know, I I came into Buddhism after having been exposed to all that, and, and I mean now, you know, I have my my philosophical commitments, and I would defend them to the hilt. Which is fine, and it's, and I think there's mostly it's it's a question of, of dialogue, and I've had some fun interactions on posts with you know kind of dyed in the wool uh, scholastics, and there's actually quite a bit that we can agree on, um, in, in, you know, even so. But uh, yeah, I, I think to the kind of broader point, um, yes, I think there's a kind of general recognition, and you know, I my thing is I always say like you know I I'm very pro Christian. I think Christianity is a very I think I think Christianity is a complete spiritual system. Um, I think there are incomplete spiritual system or counterproductive spiritual systems. Like I would say, you know, um, obviously Judaism is essentially Satanism. And um, beyond that, uh, you know, maybe Islam, maybe in certain forms can be okay. Maybe in other forms, maybe not so much. I, but in any case, it's an, it's an, it's a, Islam is racially alien to yes. European. Race, yeah. I feel right? that so deeply as well. I, I, you know, I have my issues with connecting to Christianity and, you know, you, you read about the basic, skeleton that makes up christianity and it's like i i find it hard to connect with a a middle eastern story with right. all these jewish names and especially when it comes to <laughs> islam it's, it's like it's people... very it, it's very very easy all you have to do is be like behind a woman in traffic for about five minutes and by <laughs> allah you will want to give her a taste of your shoe <laughs> but especially with uh with islam you know people joke a lot about uh no, if you're a white Sharia like, or whatever, yeah, and stuff like that, and it's like, yeah. it, it's so, it is so racially alien. It, yeah, that you have to realize that the Hungarians and the Greeks were were ruled for quite yeah. a long time by Muslim powers, and they never had any interest in converting, and it's for good reason. Yes, and it's, for good reason. A, so yeah. it's a it's a perspective from the from the Arabian desert. I don't come from the desert. No, you know. <laughs> so, so there's. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just just to say, I I think that you know, uh, it's hard for me to. Inv I think I think it's 
Christianity is not really negotiable as far from my perspective. And I would never try to like, you know, I know some people are very negative about Christianity. I'm not trying, I'm I'm pro-Christian and I think Christianity is an important aspect of European identity, including racial identity. That being said, um, I think particularly in the North American continent, I think Europe is a little different. White people in North America and maybe Australia even for slightly different reasons, um, have a really hard time. They're connecting with Christ- with their Christian heritage a lot. I think Protestantism uh, is a lot of that, but, but there's other factors too. And the end result is, you know, Americans are kind of, they're spiritually hungry, um, but they don't know, you know, what's good for them. They don't, they don't have any sense. And, and, and they're, they're constantly being led down these rabbit holes and these scams and these bit. And I think honestly that we are about a hundred years in a, in a, because his- you see this historically, you know, when Buddhism spreads from India to various other, you know, from first to, uh, East Asia and then to South Asia and very, or I should say, you know, Tibet and West and Central Asia and then Indonesia and all over the world. It takes yeah. a couple centuries. There's a, it's a kind of well-established process. At first, it attracts the intellectuals and the aristocrats, and then it kind of filters down into the populace and yes. blah blah blah. Yeah. And 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 that we're in that like we already see some of that happening in the United States with you know people like Richard Gere and you know how kind of pop. Yeah, popular and sort of trendy in certain ways Buddhism is, and there's a lot of misunderstandings, but that's where people like me step in, you know, the kind of, in, the, the educated intellectuals in the tradition, to be able to say, okay, well, what you're doing over there is completely wrong. That's actually just Judaism. You know, this is, I don't know where you, <laughs> fuck, you even got that. Right. Um, but but let's set the record straight. Like you know, this is the Dharma, and this is not Dharma. And we're gonna say like you know, this is and and that and we're and we're you know, it's a negotiating process, and it always kind of takes some time. But yeah, I I think I as I see it, so in you, the you kind literally of, have to you literally have to be the robot with the no fun allowed sign and punch <laughs> yeah, it in the ground. And exactly. Stuff. Religion yeah. is not about sipping margaritas on the beach while you right. find yourself, you stupid bitch. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there exactly. Is, there, is, there is one thing uh, before you you go. There's one thing. I'd like to, to, to leave it. Oh, when me you, too, me too. You go first, you said, <laughs> yeah, sorry. When you said, uh, like, Americans are spiritually hungry, Americans are experiencing what all, uh, whatever we want to call it, Aryan peoples are experiencing. Uh, it's a, almost as the, if we've been starved deliberately for a couple of generations, <laughs> right? One of the old lectures that Alan Watts did before he moved to the US, I think it was in early 60s or in the late 50s, he talked about the Buddhist view of death and he talked about the the circle of life and it's like it's kind of like the hero's journey and uh the symbols that are on the outside of the depiction are not literal places but like phases of life that you go through and it's like it's not like you start with birth you you are born but at the very bottom the this cycle of life is not birth but it's unconsciousness it's ignorance, and, yeah. Well, it's not a, that's maybe even a, yeah. Avidya yeah. is the Sanskrit word. Yeah, yeah and that's true. And that, and every moment, uh, like the the, the the 12 links of dependent origination that you're referring to as they're, as they're called, it's it's true. On the one hand, yes, it's sort of like it, there is, there's an un, they're understood as a kind of sequence. Um, and, and, you know, ignorance is sort of, it's a, there's a beginningless ignorance that's yeah. where everything kind of comes from. And then things proceed from there and they're kind of moving further and further into, you know, until we're actually born and then we die and, and then the cycle kind of repeats. But yeah, there are cycles within the cycles and every moment, every moment contains all the 12 links. Uh, yes. It it's kind of depends on how you look, kind of like how uh, there's a similar uh, thing with um, in Buddhism. It's taught that, that there are six realms, uh, so to speak. There's, there's kind of six states of being 
roughly you could say where you know there's there's the god realms yeah. there's the demigods there's the or whatever the asuras there's the humans there's the animals there's the hungry ghosts and there's the hells and you know on the one hand these are actual cosmological places like if you have you know if you if you're if you're a highly realized yogin you can like go visit beings in hell or go visit the Oof. you know devas in in heaven right in the different heaven realms um but also within each realm each of the other realms is present and you know or or like like africa you know when, when africa can be like a hungry ghost realm or a hell realm or you know <laughs> certain places right like it's or or it's certain dark, times in your life yeah like, it's the dark these are, these are metaphors and real it's both yeah, it's not it's, it's not that it's one or the other that's right. what sort of that's what i felt was was at the, the core of the issue with everyone you you live in a state of unconsciousness for most of your life if you never become quote unquote red pill because <laughs> it's it's yeah. a profound experience in your life to have to have gone gone through the change that we all have gone through and it's literally a it's a different state of being you feel like a different person and that state of unconsciousness is you can call it malaise or whatever but that is the central core of, uh, of the issue and that unconsciousness you'll eventually have to pass through that and move on to the next one and that's it's sort of like you really truly begin to live when you when you leave that state and that's what the western world is there yeah well that's issue. yeah to to i mean i sometimes get um criticism from people who aren't even like it's you know i mean i most i interact with people who are you know pretty much right wing or red pill to some extent but there's often people sort of like well there's a isn't there a tension between you know being a quote unquote nazi and and being a buddhist i'm like Leaving aside all the stuff about labels, uh, the thing is, <laughs> like, you're not going to understand reality. Like, in, in terms of Buddhist analysis, strict, you know, kind of orthodox Buddhism, you, if you want to act effectively in the world, as you say, you have to have knowledge. You have to have a correct, the right view. You have yeah. to understand things in their real nature. Otherwise, your actions are never going to have the effect that you want them to have. Just, I mean, whatever the action is, whatever the effect that you want is. So not meaningful. Well, because you're out of touch with reality. It's like if you're looking at a. It's uh, the classic example here is is um is a, is a rope that it's a dim light and it looks like a snake. And so someone's like really afraid of this rope because they think it's a snake, right? It's like if you don't, if you're not able to correctly identify the rope as a rope, and instead you misidentify it as a snake, like you're gonna do all kinds of act, you're gonna do all, make all kinds of actions, you're gonna do, you know, engage in all kinds of behaviors that are counterproductive to pointless to, and, and why? Because you made this fundamental error you made this fundamental mistake you weren't you didn't identify the, the phenomenon correctly and so you're you're unable to act effectively and that's what i'm saying is like you have to if you don't understand the, the jewish question right if you don't understand the nature of the jew if, if, if you're never going to act effectively politically yes. if nothing else if you, if you don't understand you know what's happening and why then everything you do is not you're not going to have the intended result if you don't understand human nature this is a lot of the problem and i'll finish with this a lot of the problem with, with like libtards right it's they have a fundamental misunderstanding of human nature they were taught a warped view of human nature by jewish propaganda you know this idea like oh we can all be so tolerant and oh wouldn't it be great if you know if there were no you know, imagine there's no heaven imagine there's no borders we can uh, all live and well that's all bullshit right yeah. it's obviously 
bullshit. And but there's so much of our so much of our current like and there's real world effects. They're just all negative because they're all predicated on this lie. And so that's why we have to tear down that we have to start from the correct premises. We have to start from the analysis of reality as it actually is and say like, okay, no, this is what's going on here. This is what's going on there. And then that that has to be the basis from which we can then act effectively. And that's why there's no conflict. And that's why you know you, it's not it's, it's not even just that there's no conflict. Um, between Buddhism and quote unquote Nazis and whatever you want to call it, you know, right wing, whatever. It, 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 the, the two have to go hand in hand because fundamentally it's about reality. That's, that's the point. Yep. Exactly. That is why whenever I see a nigger, all I see is a mile long rap sheet locking, walking around the world. <laughs> and I think, I think, I, think I can't endorse that 100%, but <laughs> I can't endorse that 100% because, I mean, there's a whole kind of, for Buddhist reasons, but it, does, it doesn't matter. Yes. Well, in terms of your, in terms of like the practical, if you, in terms of like, are you going to stay on the side of the street? Are you going to like raise your threat level response? Yes, of course. And 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 that's the thing about liberalism is it te- it says like no, you know, you you sh- just because, you know, he's black doesn't mean well, it does actually mean that. It means he's much more likely, you know, your threat salience should be higher. If it isn't, you're liable to get beaten up or robbed or murdered or all three, right? And and so you have to start from from the place of reality. Even if we can say, you know, as a, from a Christian perspective, or from a Buddhist perspective, okay, this is a sentient being who you know is worthy of certain kinds of um, you know whatever respect or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that doesn't mean that you allow. That doesn't mean that you have like you know that doesn't that doesn't say anything about like you know racial segregation or or crime rates or you know should we have our own countries free of these people? It's just that's a completely different thing. That's the mistake. Can't you go full, full, full exto as a Buddhist and say, look, the, look, out of sympathy, look, that poor man, he's, <laughs> his soul is trapped inside a nigger. Let's get him on his next reincarnation cycle <laughs> as soon as so possible. This is this is the this is like I, I wish I had. I mean, I know you're shit posting, but there's actually a legitimate kind of perspective buried in there. Um, to which the kind of Buddhist response is like, like the, the kind of classical response would be, you would have to be. The problem from a Buddhist perspective, one of the fundamental problems is you don't know, like, human human births are extremely rare and extremely precious, the most precious in all of the multiverse. So, like, and, and, and as bad as... As you as, said, as human, of, human births, yes. <laughs> so, so the problem is, like, you don't know, like, I mean, you know, as, 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 a, as a black person, it's like, as, as someone of the African race, sub-Saharan African race, it's like, okay, some of them, I would, I would, okay, even animals, if you want to say these people are animals, you want to look at them, analyze them as animals, it's actually Light-like. still... It's still negative karma to 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 kill an animal. Like actually killing without, in without and of itself reason, is yeah. negative. Yeah, well, is, is, it, is it is it like serious negative karma, or is it like you know, like when I activate stealth and like steal something out of an ammunition box and fall out near Vegas? It would, de- <laughs> it would depend on who you're killing. Like killing a Buddha is basically the worst thing you could possibly do, and and send you straight to hell after you die for a very 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 long time. Uh, you know, killing animals, you know, killing bugs, not as much. But you don't know, like, if you, let me put it this way, and this should not be, in, please don't interpret this as license. I know, again, there's a shit post, but it's also a serious question and a, and, a, and a good question. It's a very good question. From a Buddhist perspective, you'd say you develop a clairvoyance, right? So that you know, like, so if there's a very famous master, Tilopa, there's stories about Tilopa, who was a highly, re- basically, he was a Buddha. He attained Buddhahood, you know, in, in, okay, in his I want to be very clear that life. you're not talking about Tulpas. No, well, that's actually that's that's trupa in Tibetan. That's a different. It's that's a real thing, but not in the way that the the theosophists mean. But yeah, you can emanate once you're a high level bodhisattva. Um, that's a different thing, though. I'm talking about Tilopa, who was a who was a he was a master in India about uh, 1,200 years ago, 
And when he, so his one of his most famous students was was an ex academic. It was a it was a monastic professor named uh, Naropa who used to teach. At, he was a very very learned man. And and one day he had a vision of a of, of of a Buddha who came to him and basically told him like actually all this learning book learning is good, but you've done enough. You now you need to find a master who can like you know point out the nature of reality to you directly. It's like okay fine. So he goes on this quest to find this guy. When he finds this guy. Tilopa, his his teacher, who a man who would be his teacher, he's a filthy beggar who's plucking fish out of a river and and snapping the necks of the fish and snapping his fingers after he after he kills these fish. Now, Dude, killing this is just Lord is, of the Rings. That's Gollum. <laughs> well, kind of, but but except for he's like he he's a, he's an enlightened Buddha, and and the, the 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 kind of you have to put yourself because like from the perspective of Buddhism, a killing is extremely bad, and you shouldn't be killing. But what he, what what Tilopa is doing is he's liberating the fish. Are like simple enough cognitively that it's possible for a very 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 highly realized master or being like like Tilopa to to like in the act of severing their life to send them directly to liberate them into one of the Buddha realms where they can basically just themselves attain enlightenment just like that from there. But unless you're Tilopa or you yeah, have I've an equivalent heard a, I've level heard of a similar excuse. I've heard a similar excuse from so-called vegetarian relatives who claim that no fish are okay. Uh, they're called well, pescatarians. It's not that it's a, no, it's not that it's not killing. It's it's not that it's not killing. It's it's that it's it's and 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 again, the karma of killing. A, a, also, vegetarianism is dumb because like, what do you where do you think your vegetables come from? Like when you have a, like an industrial combine and it's killing you know rabbits and 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 ticks and all kinds of man. I mean, there's all kinds. There's murder and death and slaughter all around us. There's no escaping it. So like the idea that you're going to, of course, on balance in general, it's better to be vegetarian than not. But but the, especially if you have an attitude about it, it's actually worse. I think if, if you're like a self-righteous vegetarian, you're actually worse off karmically than if you were just like a humble meat eater who understood that eating meat is, you know, bad, but like you, there's no way to avoid it versus like having a having a stuck up attitude about it. In any case, yeah, it's you just that there's the appeal of your religion because the libtard automatically goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but as the result of their own ignorance, and that's the fun. That's again to get back to the thing is like we have to, you know, free ourselves from from this ignorance. And and yeah, so I I I just like if you have a level of realization of Tilopa, actually higher, because you know, say what you will about blacks, they're they're more cognitively there than than fish. That you can like actually you know liberate them. In if you if you can if you can liberate by slaughter into you know Amitabha's pure land, uh, yeah, you should do that. But I. <laughs> I can't do that, and I very much doubt that anyone who would ever listen to this uh, can do that. If you if you can, then basically you're Vajrakila in person, which I'm not going to tell Vajrakila what to do. But uh, if you're not Vajrakila, if you're not an eminent, if you're not like if you're not Vajrakila, then don't do that because you don't have you don't have what the about, ability to do that. What about torques? Are they people? They're cockroaches. They're cockroaches. No, that's that's no, they're not people. All right, I, on a, I know. I, uh, I think this is a good spot to wrap it up. If you would, take, yes, if, you, right. if you guys would like to turn I just got, yourself just to two questions, just two, two questions, please, 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 just, just, just one more thing, See, just I, one more thing. A, it, well, it's, it's my own show that I'm delaying, so it's okay. <laughs> no, just, just one more uh, thing. One is that, does does being a Buddhist actually make it easier to play Amazing Cultivating Cultivation Simulator? <laughs> you take. Um, <laughs> I don't know what being a Buddhist means exactly, but I would say that if you develop your um, 
concentrate your 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 ability to do, for one pointed concentration that that has all kinds of positive effects, including uh, definitely uh, the one you just said. That means you okay. have to develop your racism or a rant has to become stronger. Mm. Yes. Well, speaking of that, I mean, that was that was my second question. Like, seeing as you were free to pick your novelty religion, why didn't you just go straight to esoteric Hitlerism? <laughs> Spentecostalism? Well, so I don't I don't really look at it as a as a picking thing. I look at it as I was I was convinced, and as part of that being convinced, it's it's the thing about esoteric Hitlerism. The problem that I have with it, it's it's not anything about Hitler himself. It's more like, um. Uh, how to say, like Vishnu, like Krishna and all that. Yeah, well, so so the idea with esoteric Hitlerism is that Hitler was an avatar of Vishnu. Like mm-hmm. that has certain from from a kind of like I actually respect Hinduism a lot. Um, like uh, I'm more of a Shiva guy than a Vishnu guy, but wh- whatever. Uh, in any case, like the 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 thing is like Vishnu, like. If 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 Hitler really were Vishnu, then we should expect that you know we basically everything would be okay now, <laughs> um, and that's not what happened, right? Like everything actually sucks, which is no knock. It's not a knock on Hitler at all. He the man did the best that he could, and and I, I would actually not be surprised if he were some kind of you know higher level being than 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 people necessarily understand at this point in time as a general <laughs> so matter. People think you said Hitler was an avocado. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Hitler was Hitler was avocado. Avocado. Very, very expensive to spread on toast. All right, oh yeah. God, Hitler was mukbanging. That's why he died. No, that's what oh, happened. Yeah. That's what went wrong. But yeah, no. So it's more. It's more like it's. It's more. You know. It, it's. Um. I. I would. I would just have an issue with the idea that that Hitler was because like if we were, if if Hitler was really were an avatar of. Oh, that would also that would also from my perspective mean that he couldn't reincarnate um because he himself would have been the emanation the avatar uh, or whatever of uh of of a deity and i don't necessarily think that i think actually i think hitler could be back with us already and and just you know maybe we're aware of who he is maybe not maybe maybe he's somewhere else who knows but i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if if the if the continuum of the 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 the, the human being that was hitler is is you know reincarnated among us and is just or or will in the very near future and that that won't be like another a separate avatar of because these are all they're only supposed to be 10 avatars of of vishnu it really wouldn't make any sense from a kind of orthodox vaishnavite kind of a perspective for that to happen but from my perspective as a as a buddhist i could absolutely say like yeah you know the the hitler can or maybe already is can be or maybe already is back that's the thing look who's back yeah uh, <laughs> Anyway, it was it was great to meet you guys. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having yeah, us on. I'm glad you guys had managed to work this out with us, and on such short notice too. No worries. Yeah, it's good. We'll we'll, uh, yeah, no we'll, we'll make sure to do it again. If no, I didn't know you guys plug. were so keen to be on stream, so let, hit, if you want to be on a real one, hit me up. I hate yeah, you. Thanks for stopping by, around. <laughs> yeah, thank you for stopping by on the gamer stream. Well, we are in his showroom. Uh, yeah, sorry, this Randy. Kind of has to be about, here. We already talked about Doom, so you don't really have anything else to talk about. <laughs> no, there's lots of Doom to talk about. There's Brutal Doom, there's Project Brutality, there's Doom 64. There. Wait, you haven't covered Doom. You haven't covered Doom because this hasn't been a 24-hour stream yet. I may, I may have referenced your uh, Doom playstyle um, less than out of terribly. <laughs> if you if you guys would turn your turn your uh, attention to the screen again, we have something to help close us out. Dang. 
<sighs> but, but yeah. All right. Well, I, if, that, if that's it, uh, thanks again. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch. Take care. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'll be out here. Sport antelope pill, all that stuff. Yes. yes. Mighty White yes. Soap Company is another place you should go to. Uh, yeah. But here we go. Here we go. Oh. Here. Oh, is it muted? No. Why? Huh? You can't catch me. I'm the fastest thing alive. I actually don't know how to get out of I was thinking prison. about why so many in the radical left participated in speed running. Huh? The reason is the left's lack of work ethic. What? Go fast rather than do it right. And in a Petersonian sense... Petersonian? To elevate alternative sexual archetypes in the marketplace. Fastest hedgehog. Shadow, what the fuck are you talking about? You're a beta male, Sonic. <laughs> there you go. There are you, you go. Stuck, I, are you trying to get out of here, Lewis? Wow. Yeah, just, no, no, no. I was but also a midwit. Thank I you. just want to see that ended. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great night. Uh, and if you are, see you on Rand Show soon enough. Take yes, care. Yes, go watch my show, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like you just said, watch your show. Like it in the yes. chat. Like it in the chat. Okay. Oh, it, it's oh, if, if you're on Entropy, it'll be on Entropy. <laughs> if you're on Odyssey, it'll be on Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, if you're on Entropy, <sighs> hit the big back arrow in the top left, and you should be able to find Randbot Show. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe but, yeah. he's gone. Thank you very much uh, to both now. DK and Lewis. I hope yeah. you have a great oh. night. I didn't get to ask him why he named himself after the most infamous black man in all of video games. <laughs> <laughs> it's been real. It's been fun. And it's been real fun. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so, I uh, hope you all enjoyed that crossover between uh, Control Alt-Right and the National Institute for Gamer Review, or as uh, we called it, Get in the Car, Nigger. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess there were some, we also wanted to address some, some uh, we had some, some. yeah, anyway, why don't, why don't we just launch We've got some it. deep concerns. Yes. And, or we uh, have people who were saying various things, and yeah, we just wanted to set the record straight on a, on a few items. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, one uh, interesting phone call I got, or message than a three month call, I guess, whatever. Oh, whatever. We can say three months, fuck it. Was uh, people were that DK was a fan of Windows 11? <laughs> like, why is this guy so excited about Windows 11? It's, it's gonna fuck everything up. It's gonna break everything. It's gonna suck. They're gonna force me to do it anyway, and it's gonna brick all my shit. I I don't know how I. I do you, have a, do you have a take on that? Well, first of all, I don't know what I said that made it sound like I'm the quote-unquote fan of... Or excited. He sounded, he sounded excited about it. Excited? No. I mean, who the fuck gets excited about operating system updates? No, I... I um, well, how to say? I... Uh, the thing about... I, mean, I would actually say the opposite. I'm, I'm concerned about Windows 11 because um, it seems like a step in this direction of... Um, Microsoft understands, like, I mean, both they're not quite as far down on the road on this road as Apple, um, but both Microsoft and Apple seem pretty committed to the walled garden model, not just for mobile but for desktop. Like, they want you downloading apps from their app store. They do not want you downloading apps not from you know executables not from their app store. There are legitimate security concerns um, about running code that hasn't gone through certain kinds of certification. That's that's a fair point. But obviously everybody here, I think, especially if you're listening to this, um, everybody kind of understands that that's not really what it's about. Uh, it's about, you know, crime think bad stuff. Because, I mean, just to kind of put an extreme example, but that's the kind of like 
um, the uh, the direction this all is going is um, if you can run if you can run arbitrary code, then you can install a browser that just goes to any website you point it at. If you can't run arbitrary code, then the only browsers that you're going to be able to run are codes that are pre-approved by the the Microsoft or Apple or whoever app store, which means if the anti-defamation league says, I don't want, you know, Microsoft, Google, who, uh, you know, downloaded apps cannot point to the right stuff. Biz, for example, um, then you're shit out of luck. Then, then, you know, you would need essentially an unapproved, um, like at a certain level, like you'd have to have a Linux box or something in, in order to be able to, to go to the right stuff biz, right? Um, now there's all kinds of technical and practical issues. Like that's not something that may ever really be feasible and definitely is not feasible now, but that's the kind of direction they're trying to, to push things in. And Windows 11 is definitely a step in that direction. Uh, they're, they're, they're integrating the app store more, even more so than they, they, they did it initially with Windows 10 and then it just didn't really work and people hated it. So they kind of pulled back on it a bit. Now it seems like they're trying to do it again. They're definitely, there's some kind of gay op happening with the, um, the stuff with the trusted platform module. Um, so no, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm like excited at all. They're, they're, you know, it, it's, uh, whatever. I don't know how to respond to that. Windows, Windows 10 is, is, um, perfectly functional. I mean, that, that's the other thing is, is that when, when it was released, they said they were going to, um, that was going to be the final version of windows. All subsequent versions of windows were going to be like windows 10 release, whatever. Um, this was supposed, this began window. What is what we're calling what is getting called windows 11 began life is just a kind of major fall update, maybe new, maybe new GUI elements, but that's about it. Um, it was going to be just an update to windows 10 and then it got rebranded as, or branded as, as windows 11, probably just to sell laptops. Cause like, you know, you sell like, or, you know, or, or uh, OEM machines like Windows 10 version, you know, 2021 fall update as opposed to like buy this new Windows 11 machine, you know, like it, it's a little bit, I think that's what's going on ultimately, or at least it, it, one of the things going on. But um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's, a, it's very much a kind of worrying development uh, with the, with their, they're really, really concerned about like you got to have certain hardware elements on your CPU in order to run this operating system. Like I'm sure it's going to make it more secure for certain values of secure that are actually, you know, what I would agree on are, you know, yes, it's improving a certain kind of security, but I don't think it's about Heartbleed develop, you know, Heartbleed, uh, uh, virus 2.0. I, I, I think it's about other things. Yeah. So I don't even know yeah. how to respond to that. Really. So I have, my, I've been hit with some deep concerns. Okay. M many messages when I said that there was no, uh, like folk music scene. <laughs> uh, many avenues. Well, you mentioned Stan Rogers. I just hadn't heard of him. And there was so many things going on. Yeah. And, but, and apparently, I guess he was too niche for people to show me, like, like satisfy the. DE was going after me in, in Threema too. He's people like, have you not heard of Stan Rogers? Oh, yeah. that for that? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you. Really, he's real good. But a lot of people, like, I guess, who hadn't heard of him, were like, they, I've just links and links of this is a great folk music band. Well, like, I'm aware that people are doing things with folk music in the United States and Canada. Uh, I would just like to clarify that 
I meant in terms of like cultural power, being on the billboard, these kind of things. There's no mass culture of folk. Yes, there are there are folk musicians in America. Yes, they do good work. Some of it, a lot, some good work. But no, no one's ever heard of them. And that's that's what I mean when I'm talking about like the folk music having no influence and there being no folk music is that there's no influential folk music. No, there's you know in for all kinds of reasons, political, ethnic. Uh, yeah. how even the billboard charts even work yeah. you know uh, but yes folk, I should apologize to the fans of contemporary folk music that it does in fact exist well I, I think the point the overarching also point not the, yeah. all members of the band I didn't even know this I assume they were all Canucks not every member of the band was Canadian uh, and I apologize for that and and D, Dark Enlightenment also corrected me, which I was kind of heartbroken to learn that uh, uh, what's his face the the Robbie whatever the the leader is half Indian half Jew. Really? Yeah. Yep. So damn they they I know right that hits hard. It does. <laughs> yeah it it hits uh it hits. What was it? Who was it? Didn't he like grow up in the circus though or some shit? Robbie Robertson, guitar vocals, early life. Robertson was born Jamie Royal Robertson on July 5th, 1943. His mother was Rosemary Dolly Chrysler, a Cayuga and Mohawk woman who was raised on the Six Nations Reserve. Uh, doesn't say anything about his father, but I guess... Oh, yeah. She revealed to Robertson that his biological father was a Jewish professional gambler named Alexander David Klagerman. Hmm. So there you go. But wasn't he like raised by the circus or some shit? Like something like that. I don't yeah. know. It was hard scrabble enough from you. Like, oh no! Yeah. I mean, well, his dad, his his like scumbag, deadbeat, yeah. absentee dad was a professional Jewish gambler. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what's funny? That's, that's not as Jewish rough. profession as you would think. A lot of professional gamblers are Gentiles these days. Sure, sure. I think there's just better. This scams. was in like 1940. Yeah, Whatever, there's better scams now for them, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? I only know, like, two or three. They're all very good, though, yeah. you know, but um, the uh, professional, like, gambling scene is overwhelmingly, like, Gentile white guys. Yeah, and, uh, like, the ESPN World Series of Poker oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all those all those people. And, and, like, little scrawny Asian types. Sometimes, yeah, but even... Also a lot of Europeans, oddly. Like, just straight, like, coming. they came to America by poker to play <laughs> yeah, poker. Right, 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 right. That's the dream, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, no, I think we everybody understands that this kind of music is not that it's not being made at all. It, but I th- I do, and I do think it's an element of deliberate suppression. I mean, they want they want the goyim listening to uh, mumble rap or what or whatever. This little little I've never seen anything more absurd than who's this Lil Nas X, who's apparently some kind of Blake. Literally, well, Blake he's act. a Blake act, but he's also like a weird like Sex Pistols studio product thing. He's not a mumble rapper. He's just a he's pop, not what a, he's like a pop singer. Really, I have. He's like a. Pop. I, I don't even. I've never. I don't even know. As a zoomer, he's a pure like studio product. Okay, like written by a million people in Sweden or whatever. Like he's he's not a real thing. He's not a real thing. Uh, mumble rap and drill. I know that. Well, like, but listen to my SoundCloud. I mean, I know at least those people yes. are kind of doing it themselves. Yes, yes. that's a more. It's a little. It literally is like a more authentic. Yeah. Thing. Uh, yeah. But that's what the the point is. That's what they want. That's what they want the goyim listening to. That's that's like what the um where the like you know that's what's being promoted. Like I, at this point, I'm kind of like you know I'm, I'm with Sven on like they're just 
they make the decisions. Yes, there's a certain level of, you know, the dogs won't eat the dog food sometimes. But for the most part, it's like things sell because they make them sell. Like that's what they want to sell. And that's what they give people and people buy it. And that's just kind of what it is. And they don't give people folk music anymore. So if you're if you're going to be a folk musician for whatever value of folk, like, then... <laughs> Uh, you're pretty much up against the entire system. You're going to get no help. You're going to get no promotion. You're going to get no marketing. All that kind of stuff you're going to have to do yourself or, or pay someone, which is pretty much the same thing. I mean, not, you know, in the, you're not, you're not going to get any help from any level of the system. And you may be able to feed yourself, maybe, but, you know, you're never going to, you, you're just not going to have any kind of mass scale cultural impact the way that, you know, that was the episode we obviously yeah. were talking about Bob Dylan who had mass scale cultural impact precisely because he was promoted and marketed and held up as an icon by the people who are doing the reverse now. Also, I do want to have a legit correction. That was, uh, I got something wrong. We talked about Twitch about like the Twitch leaks. I said, Hassan was like the, uh, one of the highest paid he's number. And also there wasn't a lot of money, how unpaid a lot of these guys were. The stats I was looking at were incorrect. He is he is like the top seven or whatever, yeah, or, or top ten. He's he's very well ranked. But there are the one I saw where it was just political streamers. Oh, okay. And it was that's that's why like oh these guys aren't making that much money. Like do you see the drop off? Gotcha, 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 yeah. There are a shitload of gaming streamers making, making a lot, like insane money. money. Yeah, sure. That um, makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was I was looking at just the pure like the pol- how basically if. Vosh is still broke and it's hilarious. Um, but it was really a, uh, yeah. but yeah. So I like to apologize to the Twitch, uh, <laughs> and I, that well, I was wrong. I'll totally cop for that one. I was, I saw, I saw bad info. Do we need any other more deep concerns? That need to be yeah, addressed? sure. Whatever, any, uh, whatever's on the list. Um, do, do. I remember, uh, we've gotten, uh, a lot of requests for like, are you ever going to do, uh, like a shadow run episode yeah why not uh, probably probably yeah just exclusively on the super nintendo game i'm kidding yeah <laughs> yeah oh i do have a question for you that I, yeah because we are we are doing a metal gear episode yes we're doing several. what is we're the best way to play do you know i was right actually now. just looking into that myself and on, on this topic i there's I, the xbox had pretty good collection of all the metal but how Gears. do you have an xbox that can 360 does it run on a Xbox? If the collect, if that disc is one of the discs that's backwards compat, I, I would I would suggest at this time I would suggest either emulating the original PlayStation on a PlayStation emulator or um, good old games for purchase or not if you just whatever because it's you know DRM free um, has it's a it's a version of Metal Gear Solid Integral which was the kind of hastily done. PC port from like 2001 or something, but it's, 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 it's not, it's not perfect, but it runs well. And it, it, it's like, it's one of these things where the GOG does well of like taking a substandard or just very old PC port. Yeah. Fixing it, fixing it for modern machines. And, and so I would say either of those two directions, I think integral integral has the VR missions included, which is kind of cool. I think, I was looking into this because I actually just purchased the, um, it was on sale on GOG the other day and I got like a special discount in my inbox and I'm like whatever. Cause I'm, you know, I'm a sucker like that, I guess. But, um, uh, so I got it for like five bucks. And so do you want to hear something very, very but cringe? I, real quick, I, I was, okay. look, I was looking into it and they were like, 
the elevator music is wrong in this one section. I'm like, you know, I can deal with that. That's, okay. <laughs> That's it, that would game break Mass Effect One. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, you were saying. Uh, so I'm in a weird spot with the, doing the the Metal Gear episode because this is a very bizarre division that I was on the, I was on the Sonic side of. Uh, I was a Splinter Cell kid. Oh, yeah. okay, interesting. So I could never no I would, cultural it, impact funny. at all with those. Well, but there's a dedicated. That's not true. The the, the cultural impact was it, well, it was limited to the like night vision. Yeah, goggles. The, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the pulling down of the yeah the, the yeah. Um, I had the original Splinter Cell for the original Xbox, and I barely put. I basically it was like I got like a couple hours in. I was they like, were doing it, a lot it, of like it didn't it, hit innovative the way that, stuff, but it, yeah. it's not as. I think it's probably mechanically a better stealth game, at least in the first generation title than like Metal Gear Solid. Never for me really really came together as a stealth game. Like I could already, I could tell even with the early Splinter Cell titles that that like mechanically worked better in certain ways, but like you don't. You play Metal Gear. Oh, well, that's a, we'll discuss it on the episode. Yeah. But but yeah, no, I, I hear you. There, and that was a that was a weird kind of divide there too. Yeah, for sure. Because they are basically the same, very similar, very 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 similar, similar thing. Yeah. Uh, there actually is a great and whatever. It's too niche for an episode. But uh, was it Splinter Cell? Was it, was it called? Was it called? No, Conviction was later. There's a Splinter Cell game where you you are like an FBI in like a you're a fed you're a fed, fed. you're, you're a fucking fed you're a fucking fed in the game. That's like what's <laughs> yeah. your job? I think you work for yeah. the FBI or something or or not the FBI, it's the NSA, I think. Actually, yeah, it's, it's the NSA. But you infiltrate a militia group or, like, that are also, like, like a bad, but, like, clearly bad. There's no, like, redeeming American qualities to it. They weren't Because they weren't doing that gay off at the time. Right. They were, like, you know, just, like, generic terrorists. And you, like, have to play missions for them and do a good enough job that you keep, keep, keep your cover. Miss, right, yeah, yeah. But not do too but too good of a job like yeah, you don't want to kill too many civilians yeah <laughs> and, and that was really interesting um and you're like going through like there uh didn't they have some like asymmetric multiplayer thing that was really fun too i, I never that was more it, recent more recent okay, ones, yeah. yeah those are all, those are all right yeah uh, for sure the more recent ones got went in an interesting direction that kind of well, more recent for i mean again like they haven't put out a splinter zone what 10 years plus oh uh, they like, did five years five years something like, there was a know. yeah they did one where like you could literally spec into it not being a stealth game. <laughs> you could spec into like heavy body armor, sure, and it would play it like make it play like a Call of Duty game. Yeah, but like they would hear the sound of your heavy ass boots, <laughs> and you physically couldn't if you were playing it that way. You couldn't do a stealth could, run, no which is interesting. Like letting you literally play if you want to play. You know, right, right, interesting. Anyway, yeah, so that'll be fun for I'll, maybe I'll, it's even worth trying to play some Splinter Cell. No, first, just, Splinter Cell. we'll do. The, we'll do obviously, no, we're like, going to do Metal Gear. Metal Gear is so much more yeah. of a higher priority in terms yeah. of like. Yeah, yeah, of course. I just mean down the road. Um, yeah, so I, I would say I, for just to reiterate for for those in the audience who, who want to play along, uh, yeah, PlayStation emulator, and there's some things you can do I think to mess with it. Um, uh, of course, there's that one boss fight where you have. Did you did you play it? Ever or which one? Metal Gear Solid one. No, okay. That's why I was. Okay, I'm not gonna say that. Then for you, I I think I'm familiar with the that thing, the medically thing. Yeah, with the controller and the. Okay, then then never mind. Or the restarting of it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, then never mind. Then just play it on PC. I would say. Yeah, yeah. To just play the the Um, the good old games port probably. It's you just install it and it works. Um. Yeah. What else? Deep. What are the deep concerns? Um. Probably never do a Sonic episode. (laughs) <laughs> you think I don't think so <laughs> uh, no cultural impact <laughs> we could do a Chris Chan episode 
Oh, that is coming. <laughs> yeah, we actually. I so which will be our Sonic episode. He, here's a here's a here's a funny story. So we so I don't even remember how it like crossed my mind, but we had sort of discussed it. And we were like, we should do a Christian. I was like, yeah, you know. Before so that, we were on TRS. Before we were on TRS. Before it was a while back. Well, I'll, I'll tell you exactly when it happened because. Uh, <laughs> so I I I was like I was on I was on post and I was like, oh, does anybody know a lot about who's like deep into Christian lore that we could do like a Christian episode on like you know just as a cultural icon as a cultural object because uh, you know Christian subsequently has even been mentioned on Tucker Carlson's show and and everything. So so um. So we were like, everybody was like, well, you know, there's a couple people, but really the person you should talk to is, you know, Josh Moon. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. And you know, does everybody have his emails? They're like, okay, yeah. So I sent Josh Moon a couple emails or like an email to a couple of, you know, Judy addresses that I had on file for him. Less than 24 hours, <laughs> less than 24 hours later, everything goes to absolute shit. And it's the whole, as we all know, the, uh, the incident with Chris Chan and his mother. And I don't really want to think about it, but that's what it is. And so obviously Josh has had like other shit going on and yeah. um, I don't know if we'll ever be able to get, I mean, I'll get try reaching out now that things have like seemingly calmed down. I mean, the man's still bit. in jail, right? He's still in jail. Chris Chan is still, they have updates. They have like, great threads on Kiwi farms. If you oh, want I'm to sure. Um, you, you would almost want to do like with Chris, I don't know, but you would, I, you almost want to do like a pre arrested for raping his mother versus a post arrested for raping his mother episode on Chris Chan. Like they're almost, yeah, but like had, I don't know. I'm just the problem. So we're talking about the problem doing a Christian episode is you do not want to be sucked into the vortex. <laughs> so argue. I was even gonna argue against maybe back when we were thinking about getting Josh Moon. I was saying is maybe I never brought it up because I want it would be cool if we got him for an episode and all, and we weren't on TRS. So we didn't have the yeah. exposure, so I was like, ah, right. fuck, we'll get him. It'll be yeah. controversial. But now, as I think about it. He is in the vortex. He's been sucked into the vortex, oh, right? Not just. I mean, he's a player. He's like he's a, a major pl- yeah. player. He's and like by, a part of the story. And yeah, exactly. And by associating with him, you risk yourself. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. Like you risk, <laughs> like the infection spreads. No, you you, you become a tentacle. We like grab get grabbed by the tentacle because he's gonna get sent the episode. Yeah, he's gonna listen to our voices, oh, and then God. we're part of the thing. <laughs> we're part of the thing. So if we don't have <laughs> Moon on, we like. Uh, I have to think about it. Kind of gird. I, I mean, your point. I, but you, you, you want a, you want a quickologist, right? You need someone who's yeah. Like deeply, but you need someone who won't. Who's, who's not on? The, who's or on the outside? Someone yeah. who was in and just won't claim their old handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like at a certain point. Hey, like listeners, if you hear this and you're like deep into the quick wiki lore, and you, I mean. Every year I fall into it. (laughs) 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 Well, it's such a perfect distillation of not only Sonic fandom, but just like internet culture as a whole. Like it's, it's, this is like one, this is one pure uncut form of, of like what the internet even is. He's also like the Giovanni Dantilli of uh, being a furry. Oh my God. Like, (laughs) <laughs> and he and he did the tranny thing before it was like it really exploded yeah. in 2012, but he was doing that in like 2008, 2009, right? Like, I don't know. I it was the tranny timeline is kind of a blur. I remember, I, I first, thought he was still trying to fuck prostitutes at that point, just not. But 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 that doesn't mean he wasn't doing the. But tranny. he wasn't. But I, no, he was still doing the. No, he wasn't. It was like the love arc. I don't know. Also, he's like not gay. He's one of those. He's one of those trannies. He's one not of those gay. trannies. Not, not. He's a lesbian. He's a transbian. Oh, now he is. But he's not. Like, he was never. He been had gay. a thing about. He's being, never. He's never been attracted. He's never been into men. Ever, well, no, but even think. the word "gay" has a specific like repellence for him. Like, yeah, if I mean, you I don't if you know. say like if you call him gay, it's one of those like words that it will set him off. Yeah, because that's like 
deeper programming from yeah, right. public school in the mid 2000s that'll right, 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 get right, your right. ass you know oh. so that's definitely coming too and we'll we'll need but we'll need some we'll need we, a guy we need a, and this is me putting up the call we need a, we need a good yeah maybe we get moon I don't know. it's no, I hear what you're saying because then it's like because they're still deeply entangled. I guess Moon has tried to cut off contact. I don't know how. No, well, I'll get, if I get, I don't want to like talk ill of him. I'm not trying to. If it comes off that way, but like he has like tried to help many too much over and over, that, yeah, 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 and that and, made it worse. But like even like outside of like the internet aspect, trying to help the mentally ill very often rebounds on you. Yeah, in ways that are bad. Like yeah, and that's yeah, just yeah. part of the human condition. Actually, it's like trying to help the mentally ill. Just, like fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, especially when there's like counterparties. <laughs> oh my god. Right. So, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do that. But um, and that I guess we'll guess will be also our Sonic episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> like these things, you know, obviously yeah. pretty much, pretty much the same thing. Um. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. What else was there? Anything? Hmm. Let me think. I think we're. That's all the deep concerns. I'll probably get okay. more in the. If you have any deep concerns that aren't just me messing up little facts, like, uh, I think I had one that was like the Mario episode. I mentioned like an EA Mario, like proto EA was involved with the localization of one of. I think it was Mario, Brothers Two, or they were like so like the company that was acquired by them. Okay, and I I crossed some wires and thought EA had some involvement, but I think you corrected me on the spot there. Yeah, I said something wrong in our Civilization episode way back that it was... That wasn't even TRS. Don't, don't listen to that. Whatever. Oh, that's but probably one of our best episodes. I definitely... Yeah, if you haven't heard it, definitely go back and I'll, I'll be... I think it's on our YouTube channel that we still have for now. But... Yeah, uh, we're, still, we're still on Spotify, I bro. know, right? And <laughs> and iTunes. We are on... Or whatever, Apple Music Podcast, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, for now. But... Uh, yeah. Uh, I said that it was based on the, on the board game Settlers of Catan. It's actually... It, not it was the it was, Catan was it's the other way around. There was a board game called Civilization. It was based on a in part on a board game, but it was a board game called Civilization. And I, I knew that almost immediately. And it's one of these things that occasionally people have been like, "Oh, you got this wrong." I'm like, "I know, I, I'm an idiot." What else lot, do so we've done a lot of Settlers of Catan content too. A lot of what? Sorry, Settlers of Catan content. <laughs> yes. Well, Settlers of Catan is. I think. I mean, again, it's one of these examples of it's like a thing that's popular with a certain population and yeah. you know there's a lot of culture like, culture overlap yeah, yeah exactly there's a there's a lot of overlap in in a couple different directions so uh yeah to the point of being parodied quite well it's almost its own genre right of like, yeah but they, people people do parody like you seen like the parody like oh yeah, yeah. like it's a needlessly complex and <sighs> it's it's actually like i enjoy it which is I only played a couple kind rounds. I it was like kind of like I'd rather be playing so I I'd rather be have playing something that was more explicitly agonistic or something that was like divorced from this content. Like something that was like a war game or, you know, close enough to it in that direction or else like um like Ticket to Ride or something more kind of purely um just in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh anyway, um yeah, I think that was. I, I can't remember. I don't know what else we. Um, oh, in our Dune episode under discussion, um, that episode was perfect. Someone, uh, someone pointed out that in in when Paul awakens his Mentot mind in the original novel that he sees just from Jessica's uh, Lady Jessica's physiognomy, her facial structure, that she's the Baron's daughter. Okay, so that was so that was uh, actually yeah. in the original Dune, good, yeah, good, in the good. novel, yeah. 
Um, yeah, because I, I, I get crossed. I rem- I remember for sure she was like descent. She yeah. had the Harkonnen blood. Yeah. I just was like, yeah, that's one of those little details when it's been so long. Again, another excuse, not that you need one to reread the novel. Yeah, so. Neptune's great. I still got to go back and figure out if it was actually the House Atomics or a shield bomb that broke the shield wall. Because one c- yeah. commenter had like thought recall the other thing, and they could both. I remember they used the Atomics to blow up the Atreides hideout. Yes, when they, they got raided, they definitely used the Atomics, and they cut. The, they yeah. cut Atomics. Well, yeah, real quick. They removed t- Atomics from the movie. They did. They don't have... There's no... Yeah. Like, the whole Mad thing makes a lot less... Right. There's no... Like, Mad is a part of, like, why the Noble Houses are have any power, or the Star Wars yeah. stomp them, right? Well, not even just Mad, but the fact that, like, like you, you, you can't... Like, blowing up shields comes with big problems, too. Like, shields mm-hmm. themselves are almost a mutually assured destruction, kind of. Like, you, you basically can't blow up shields without also blowing yourself up, right? Um, which, is why they ha- which is why they had to get Yui to lower them, rather mm-hmm. than, like directly assault them so um but yeah the atomic weapons context is completely lost the whole thing about the interaction between laser beams and shields i don't think was there might have been a half and a side but they didn't I don't, really i don't remember i don't think it was mentioned at there all. was a laser beam shield scene and they didn't even talk well about that's it. i that's i'm sort of remembering i'd have to like rewatch the scene but as a it's when they were like when cutting they were, the wall were yeah. cutting the wall and they're like don't let the laser beam touch your shield did kind of thing so I, I may have hallucinated it uh-huh. i it was if they did it was like but like, why would they use that? Exactly, that they didn't, but they didn't even retarded. say like. But they didn't. There was no explanation of like why yeah. it would be a bad thing for the laser to interact with your shield. Yeah. So so yeah, that was that context was just completely lost. The mid of the 20th century guys. Since we um, there they were there was an episode on on um another to- on uh this interesting uh horror author, uh but but uh, Ligotti Thomas Ligotti but but in the first part they discussed for a while the movie and it was interesting Hank basically had the same takes we did more or less um, whereas Nick and Titus uh, Titus was a guest was like uh, very very much more negative on the whole project like okay whatever it's a controversial uh, movie yeah. <laughs> everybody of course agreed that the Leah Kynes casting was just abominable but what are you gonna do yeah. my fear I, I'm I'm kind of like I mean it would be nice if we got the blonde hair blue eyed Aryan princess as she's like explicitly described in the novel. Well, if you're going to do the imperialism bit, you kind of have to, right? That's my only hope is for that is like you know if you want because they're supposed to be the bad guys sort of like that the imperial family is going to yeah. going to get. But I, I like and I think the Stardicor are all white too, right? Right. So they're, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were all like they were. Pre- I didn't see yeah. But then you know you, I could easily I mean I like the worst case of you imagine an African I would just I mean like. But but maybe oh, they, and they do do that shit. But because his name is Shaddam, like they may do like a like an Arabic thing, you know? Like maybe they're gonna go for like a you know Middle Eastern. That looking. would confuse the whole like imperialism thing, though. Although if they're gonna lean, but it, it at, would be a diversity. But if they're gonna lean into that Howard Zinn bullshit for the second second one, it's all the Chani right? Chani recites, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, God. does a does a, like a dramatic reading of dear white people or some shit like um <laughs> there's no way they can do that narrative and then also not have the imperial family be white yeah i i, I let's hope so because i mean that that's that's the only thing that i you know we'll see how it goes i guess uh, i'm sure they could fuck it up in a million other ways but most of the casting's already set the only real question marks are the emperor and his daughter so like you know we'll see Ooh, they might actually because she's supposed to be like a smart historian like shoot yeah Ooh, they could make oh they could, let's just like let's whatever you know or they could have a break they could do a race mix on mm-hmm. him be white and herbie yeah anyway anyway Ugh. yeah i know but um and then i heard a rumor are they gonna do messiah do you know or the, like the any of the sequels I don't i'm sh- 
if they movies are if these movies are the, the, as the, the profitable, cinematic, can you imagine the well, no, if these movies universe, are as oh profitable? I'm actually like, uh, there are worse things to do. If, oh it, my God. if it takes this to get rid of the MCU. Well, I saw an advertisement. I was like, "What the fuck?" I was clearly a Marvel thing, but I was like, "It was a, a it was like a thirty second spot, I guess, for um, Eter- the Eternals." Or is that the name of it? Marvel uh, is it the next thing? The the yeah, in, in WMBA Marvel WMBA. I, I I literally don't remember the name, and I, I couldn't remember if it was like the Incredibles or no, that's something else. I like, it's probably the no, it is the Eternals, but it's like the WMBA. No one asked for this it's gonna be no so, one it wants has to, this it's obviously just going to be a massive failure i mean I, right like maybe not obviously yeah. i don't know but i, I mean if like, you push enough like well the thing is i think i think dune i think that may be the play and that's what what gives me that makes me kind of you know feels well, me with this dune also is dread in its early stages and also has enough prestige because well that's Lynch what i mean made it that you can yeah. get like actors that aren't well, and this like movie is a Marvel success, actors. and it seems to be a financial success. They've already greenlit, greenlit the sequel. Villeneuve has some cachet because of uh, Arrival. And, and a lot of movies. Villeneuve's got, he's got a career. Like that's a, what I mean. And like a serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's the, you know, he's the go-to sci-fi director as things stand. Yeah. And this seems to be much more of like a quote-unquote cinematic event than whatever the fuck the eternal – I mean, the, the next the- – I didn't see a single space laser. <laughs> yeah. Re- no one tried to destroy Arrakis. Yeah. It really, really threw me off my game, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's 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 definitely. I mean, I I feel like if 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 the MCU kind of flops and people see this opening, that yeah, we could absolutely see the Dune cinematic universe. And what then, if this kicks yeah. off a old sci-fi revival? There's no way. That's too white. It's you, never gonna happen. You couldn't do like an. Oh, you could. You could do Asimov and Clark and brown that shit up easy. Well, there's an. HBO doesn't. I think it was HBO. It's either HBO or Showtime has a. They're doing a foundation miniseries like right now. Really? Yeah. That could be interesting. We should we should do it. Yeah. Yeah. I was never super into Asimov, but but it was worth doing for sure. I mean, I always read that pre-red pill and looking yeah. back on Foundation, right. it's going to be like super. Because Foundation is really. I mean, Foundation. I mean, for those of you read it, is like. The Jews, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is our like, yeah, yeah. This is our, this is our like maximum positive spin on like yeah. our whole op. Yeah, 100%. and like you and you would never survive without us. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah, you'd be um, like the the to, the right. uh, the tool of petty autocrats and constantly <laughs> warring. Right, which to me is like fate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean you get with like warlords and shit. Yeah, like, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> the mule. Sure, let's do it. He seems confident. He seems cool. Yeah, man um, seems self assured. Let's. But anyway, yeah. So, so they're running that right now. So there's, I mean, in a sense, I guess you know. Uh, well, they tried the, like to do like Nick Cthulhu. That didn't work. That dude was just a total fail. Yeah. yeah. And they're trying to do like a Nick westerns, and that's not going to work. It's not going to work either. Well, they, that was what that was that that stupid Tarantino movie. Uh, oh the, yeah, yeah, the, Django. Django, yes. Uh, I think he wanted to do a cinematic universe for that too, and well, like there was nobody, always nobody was, like, bit. always trying that. I think, yeah. but also like I think. He, he had like ego reasons not to do a right MCU for yeah. Is he like still like ten years? Ten years retired? I'm sure he'll do. A, he does a movie every. Well, so I think often, he just produces you know. it now at this point. I don't think he's yeah. doing. Yeah, but uh, no, they're not. They don't want to do that, and nobody wants to do that, and it's not gonna. I mean, that's the thing is like that. I think that's what we were talking about earlier. You know, um, like a large. So much of this is is. They, they've run out of shit. To, like nobody. I think everybody kind of understands we're at this dead end. So like, I guess you could strip mine previous stuff. Oh yeah, and that'll I, last I for a while. But you know what? Actually, give me to give you a prediction. 
probably we're probably getting towards the end of this this uh, little thing we're doing. I think you we're gonna see Clark next. We're gonna see Villeneuve's Space Odyssey. Oh God, one hundred percent. Oh God, one hundred percent. And I'm, that's yeah. I know you're probably. I actually I see Clark cross my mind uh, as we were talking just now. And, and you can like, have two. Yeah. You can have you can have one of the astronauts oh, be a Pajit. One can be a Chinaman. Oh, one can God. be. Well, you can actually have no white guys. You can have make zero, every zero. make it not an American thing. It's gonna be like a United Nations thing. They're going to see the thing. It's a, you know, make Hal, Hal will be the white guy. Strong black whammon is the. Oh, yeah, you can do, even do whammon. Yeah. Do a love, do a love subplot. Oh, God. Yeah. Two of the astronauts are fucking. <laughs> Hal kills one of them. Oh, my Creates God. Creates a lot of pathos. Yeah. Oh, we're. And, oh. The Jews should hire you as like a consultant. <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> this is how you. It's peacefully, destroy. Su- peacefully sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! We're gonna, we're gonna peacefully sunset uh, cinema. <laughs> well, I I don't even know. I mean, this point is just yeah. Get anything you like or have liked in the past. You know, get. Uh, I think uh, you know Criterion Collection does pretty good sales for Black Friday and the Christmas. You can watch Turner Classic Movies all you want. Yeah, but like just hard copies. Just just make sure you have hard copies of everything. Um, I saw a funny bit. I forget where it was. Um, I forget which book it was it was it was some it was like jane austen or something like that tier you know like kind of 18th 19th century classic novel type thing it wasn't i don't even think it was under copyright i think it was um like just an edition they were selling for um you know like to have on your device kind of thing through the official company store anyway and it was like some bizarre. Oh, let me see if I can find. Oh, was it like the black women on the cover shit? No, because that was a thing that they were doing. With yeah, no, that re- I know. Yes. Release the classics with the contents unmarred, but the cover like Rastafarian and like. No, it was what it was. Was basically it was it was it was the edition for the Nook, and the the Barnes and Noble Nook e-reader device thing, and uh, and. The the there was a number of references in the in the novel to like kindling, like you know, for a fire. And they just oh it was war and peace. There we go. And uh it was, it was and so every edition <laughs> every time they said kindled of a fire, it was replaced with nooked. Like they just did a text search, a search and replace That's hilarious. <laughs> on the word Kindle and replaced it with Nook. And that's the kind of shit that they that's amazing. I'm and they all can, for it. And they can even do it you remote. Well, that's the problem, though, is they can know. Of course, you know, next time when you buy, you know, uh, 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 Huckleberry Finn, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, they're just gonna like edit out the N word, yeah, remotely on your device because they can do that, yeah. you know. So that's why you just make sure you have hard copies and. Yeah. and, and I think that's a whole and, new frontier for hacking, though. Oh what yeah, what if you absolutely. could get into the Amazon? Well, if you, yeah, if our guys can control it, that'd no, be funny but, as fuck. No, but just for a day, you yeah. like replace everything with with, <laughs> with the protocols. Yeah, or like or, or anything, you know, like yeah, the options are limitless. Right. Here's all the parts of Mein Kampf that actually go without that they ever yeah. read. So here's like here's the cool parts of Mein Kampf. Yeah. <laughs> Do a reskin. Yeah. Like here's where he talks about international antelope hill. Get on it. (laughs) (laughs) I do, dude. If you could replace every copy of Giant Germain with Conquering Berlin, because they're the same book in a lot of ways. It's it's like that kind of early historical fiction, right? That would be funny (laughs) as fuck. Um. Anyway, all right. I think we gotta. Yeah, that's probably enough for that. So uh, yeah, all right. Enjoy your bonus app. Hope you hope you all enjoyed and yeah, take care, everybody. 
Tom. Girls are dumb.